Nyang! Nyang! Amicia! We are honoured. First time ever we are filming out of Tug of War's studio. It smells delicious. <laughs> smells delicious. Mama War's biscuits. Mama War! Shout out to Mama War. Big thank you. Bless up, Mama War. I've had one. They're delicious. They're divine. They're yes. Almond and cherry. Lovely. So, today's interview is with Tawana. I've watched it on Delinquent Nation. Shout out to Delinquent Nation. Brilliant channel. I'll put the link in the description box for Tawana's interview down there if you want to watch it, if you want to reach out to her. Also, all of Tawana's links will be in the description box. And we were just discussing before we started filming how lovely it is when we put our stories out there. We never know what's going to happen, but it's like a door into our world and we never know who's going to step through that door and you get people reaching out saying they're going through things and we heard your story and it you know it inspired us and i get messages saying i watched wild man doing this crazy thing and i was having a bad day and it, it picked me up and all that kind of stuff so all the links are down there please support all of our guests and co-hosts all our co-host links down there tug of wars channel is amazing he's, he's like become one of the most <laughs> legendary and viral on our channel as well must, must be um, you know over half a million views on his stuff now combined and he's got even bigger views on his music music he's got a million views I'm not going to say the name of it <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of it but I just discovered it he did, he, he's so modest he didn't even send me this one and yeah please check his music out please subscribe to Tug of War's channel so huge thank you for coming on yes, Tawana thank you yeah, and we're just lovely gonna... to be here. Oh, thank you You're so welcome. much. And how's it been since you've been on the Delinquent Nation? It's been amazing. Um, reason being, it's the people that have reached out because you can do a podcast and then you can be like, okay, it's over. But then when you go home and you see the messages coming in mm. and people are reaching out to you to say just thank you. Because you said it took a little while for you to actually watch the video. Yeah, it took me a while to watch it because obviously. When you speak of your story, that's your journey, that's your pain. So it's not as easy to just be like, yeah, let me go watch my pain or watch what I've been through. Yeah, it's not yeah. really a rush. But then when those people reach out and when you get the feedback, which I've been posting a lot on my stories, you know, and other people, it's pulled other people in as well yeah. that I knew to kind of take me a bit more seriously as well. You know, people actually reaching out saying thank you for rooting for us was one of them and I liked it because you know there's a lot of people that are getting released from inside that they don't feel themselves or they've lost that spark that they had and I think my interview brought that so it was just a success it felt good because prison can crush the human spirit oh yeah and I, and and you know what as well I could see how it crushes them so that's why I relate with them interesting yeah I yeah. see how the crush happens because obviously I was in there mm. and before I went inside prison a lot of people didn't know I was actually a key worker for ex-offenders I was helping to rehabilitate men when they come out so I would see the issues that happened in there yeah. and the effects and then I had the effects on the inside so I got both angles mm. <laughs> you know so yeah do you feel like now part of your mission is you become a voice for the people that you've served time with and what they're going through. Because a lot of them, I mean, you're a very good speaker, yeah. but a lot of people can't articulate what they've been through, can they? And they, they like need people like you yeah. to stand up for them and their rights. Mm. I think so. I think the Delinquent Nation podcast, under the comments, I read one of them that said, you know, the, the adopted mum and dad thing, that is so me. You know, so it's not just, oh, the prison thing. 
it's some of the things I've, you know, I've, you know, expressed. And going into prison, he probably went to prison, but then he related about the parents and yeah. the, the no parents bit. So it's it's a package. Of course. You know, so yeah. So what we t try to do then is get you to at length tell your life story. <laughs> Sometimes we have a guest Sorry. and the guest says, oh, to cut a long story short, and we're like, no, yeah. don't cut a long story short. Keep going. Keep going. We've got all the details. Yeah. So don't feel like there's a rush. We've got all, we've got all the time in the world. Okay. And uh, just, just, you know, you just, you just get into it as much detail as possible. I, I think Delinquent Nation has shown, taught me that even though I was terrified that I wanted to help people and I didn't know how, I think it just cleared it up how to. Yeah. Because I had my page, T Inspire, you know. Yeah. I wanted to inspire people. How? How do I do this? Do I talk on my show? There's like two people on my live. The first time I did live, it was two people. You know, I had a really good conversation with those two people. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Oh, Next year, it might be three yeah. or four. Yeah. So I think like that anyway. So it was really good to have the opportunity. And, um, you know, Dimitri, the host, he was really supportive as well and on his journey and it just made it all comfortable and it just gave me more confidence I'm not gonna lie it did give <laughs> me a lot brilliant. of confidence and you know you guys telling me that you know when you reached out to me Sean and you said um you know I've got a good speaking voice and all that it goes in and it, it, it feeds that part of me of that's gonna like come alive for yeah. more people <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's amazing that you've come from that to that and mm -hmm. that inspired and you know what's really amazing that you want to inspire people yeah. And, and uplift them. That's that, that's really good. That's really it shocked good. me as well. No, it, well, it's amazing. <laughs> it shocked me as well. I'm not gonna because like, people might think, oh yeah, I had this mission from ages ago. No, I've been through my trauma. I've been through my pain, and you get to that point where you, you feel focus like it's kind of a yourself. therapy doing that as well. Um, no, because I've had therapy, had and therapy. I think having therapy and realizing that you go through things and you expect things and it just mm. doesn't happen and you hit. Well, I mean, I mean, not not direct therapy, but I mean. You know, is it like, therapeutic, you mean? Yeah. It might be on some yeah. level, but I think because when I look back at the things I was doing before prison, it's not very different. I just was just messed up. Right. Because wow. I was always that person helping a friend to get a job. Like, I'm literally doing my own thing, what I was doing before. You are who you are. You've always yeah. been who yeah. you are, of course. Yeah. So yeah. I think sorting myself out, seeing the worst case scenario situations... And, and having and hitting right rock way, bottom, no. which mm. is not being around my children, that's yeah. rock bottom for me mm. personally. And I think it just fixed a lot of things because I was raging inside at myself. I was raging inside at the people that I allowed to hurt me. It yeah. was a it was a battle. And what I did was when I kept seeing all these things happening, you know, I got served with deportation papers, yeah. and that's another pressure on top of a sentence. Oh. And you don't know where you're going to be after the sentence and you have to be with your children. So all of that pressure, I think, I saw what I was made of under pressure. Mm. Yeah, mm. you because, see who you are when your back's against the oh wall. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. You know, it's reading. like a stress test. Yeah. Listen, I was reading the immigration law, nationality. <laughs> yeah. When I go places and give people yeah. advice, they're like, are you a solicitor? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's the journey, you know, yeah, my immigration journey. And it was so, like, I've got closer to God as well. I'm not going to leave that out because that's the main thing that I think fixed a lot of things for me. Mm. Everybody's got something that, they rely on, you know, higher power wise. They mm. have their own. But my one is growing up in the church and leaving it and then going inside. And then that was the first thing I draw for. And it worked for me. Mm. You know, it was like I was reading my Bible and praying. But I'm thinking, why is God doing these things? I'm this horrible person, you know. You know, the world says I'm horrible. I'm in here 
for firearms, who keeps the firearms in their house and they got children? Like, who the hell does that? I'm just saying, yeah. you do these things, but then when you get down to it, you think you're just being alone, you don't really have much family support. That's right. And you go through a stage where you're just surviving. You want to make money, and you just make these decisions to make money. Decisions. You made the wrong decisions. Of yeah, let, let's let's go back to the very um, beginning of where you grew up then, and what your life was like in your early years. Go back to how far? <laughs> all <laughs> the way. All the way. way. I can go yeah. back to. Where were you born? I was born in Jamaica. Okay. In Spanish Town. Jubilee Hospital, to be specific. But I wasn't brought up in Spanish Town. I was okay. born there, and then I got brought to countryside, Trelawney. Trelawney. My lovely dad place. brought me down there, and yeah. I, he left me with his sister, and I was with his sister for a while, my paternal aunt, and three years, I can remember back, and all I can remember was being there. It's funny, because I spoke to somebody this week that reached out to me and said, you know, I used to look after you when you were younger. Wow. Really? Yes. Wow. And do you know what's weird, even more weird? Um, my sister, you know, she helped me to get this picture. And it was a picture of me when I was a little girl with that lady. Oh, my God. And she said to me that you were such a sweet baby. You know, we j- I just knew you were just going to do something like this. Because <laughs> oh, wow. the thing is, she said that I was just this, I, I was always like looking for like what do you call it I would not have any mum or dad but I would always be happy and cheerful and running around and stuff and it meant a lot to me because I didn't know anything about how I was you know Mm. so there's me three year old living my dad's sister she went to England so I got left with her mother figure that brought her up so then here's me at five another journey to stay with you know, um, a mother figure again. She was an older person, well known in the community, um, a teacher, and I had a good upbringing. Went to a good school, went to church every Sunday, played with my dolls like a normal child. Had a, you know what I called as normal, travelling and doing all those normal little things. And mm. I think not having a dad and a mum, I was always an angry child. I think at that stage because I remember getting into tantrums a lot, but then getting told off. And I think I believed those things from then you know, when I was young. So um, that was age five. Do you know how your mum and dad met? No. No? No. Because the thing is, um, my mum and my dad, they got separated. And my dad's the sort of person that, okay, then I'm taking you with me. So he took me with him. Now I know why, (laughs) which we'll go into. Yes. (laughs) You know, because um, I've got two other siblings from my mum and I was the third. She didn't raise them. So my dad probably think she probably we're not going to raise me. So I got brought to Trelawney to his family. And when my aunt came to England, I stayed, when I was five, I stayed in Jamaica, I think, for up till, up till 13, which is when I moved here. What was that like then, moving to a different country? Well, my dad passed away at 12, which crushed me in Jamaica. So mm. oh, wow. I think all those times with him, and then that happened when I was 12, I was thinking... I think, do you know what? I don't even think I cried. That was the weirdest thing. I don't think I cried for a little bit because, you know, yeah, dad, dad. But I don't think I really grasped that you don't have your dad. Mm. And I think in my behaviours it showed because I was always very, oh, like, why are you talking to me? Why are you telling me off? It was mm. that kind so of... that's how you was dealing with it? Yeah, yeah, I just straight away put a guard in between everybody and me because my dad was not there. Yeah. And I think... 
that was hard for me. Yeah. I was, it just made me miserable. So I believed that person for years that that was me. How did you learn that you The miserable died? person. Hmm? You mean being miserable in that? Yeah, like just, you just always. Got, you just got yeah. used to being like that. Yeah, because yeah. that was my survival. Yeah. You know, like yeah. people tell me off and say I'm rude and whatever, and I'd be like, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, so it was that. But I think there was much a deeper thing of, of rejection and the yeah. moving around and stuff like that. Yeah. What was your question? How did you learn that your dad had died? Um, well... Yeah, talk us through the day. The day, the okay. The day. It was a, it was a, it was a sunny day in Jamaica <laughs> on a lawn, <laughs> in the lawn. We had lawn grass where I lived, so there was lawn everywhere. You'd call it like you know in the garden when you got the nice grass. And I just remember sitting on there with my dolls, and I used to collect like caterpillars and that. <laughs> TMI, but yeah, I used to you know catch a little. You know there was always little grasshoppers and everything. It was just that. So I was just doing all of that, and then I saw my aunt's boyfriend come and went oh hey T and I was like okay and then I ran up and he goes oh god he's scratching his head back because I don't think Jamaicans know how to pass on <laughs> news some people you know he said oh I don't know how to tell you this I was like what and I can't remember what I was saying to be honest with you I just remember what he said mm. don't know can't remember what I responded he said to me he said, where's Auntie Gloria, which is the lady that was raising me at the time. Mm. She went to church, I think, or she went somewhere and I was there at the house with another family member. And he was looking for her, but because she wasn't there, I think he wanted to tell her first so she could break yeah. it to me. Because he's coming from Kingston and from Kingston to country, that's a long journey. So he's mm. probably thinking, I'm here to tell the lady this and she's not here. And I think he had no choice but to just tell me because they, everyone got angry by the way how he told me. Because then he just literally looked at me and said, you know, they killed your dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just literally. I, I, then I froze. and I was like, I remember breathing a little bit funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who, 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 who was he referring to when he said they? They killed him? Who was he referring to? Have you got some, you want some tissue? Yeah. And I was thinking, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to do this. Oh. But yeah, that day, I just thought of it. Was it, was it like a gang thing or was it like cops killed him? Or Funny enough, the story was, my dad is a strong character, I heard, and there was an argument in Connecticut, by the way, he got in shot. America. In America. In America, yeah. Connecticut, yeah. Because he lived in America, that's why I used to visit him. Right. And have these nice holidays and stuff. And, okay. So he used know. to fly over? Yeah, all the time. Oh, it was, he would either come or I would go yeah, yeah, or... Yeah. I'd be getting ready to go and then he would come and I'd be oh, like, hey, you know, wow, it'd be things yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think the knock is what makes the pain, of course. you know. So it's like he just went and he was meant to come that Christmas as well. Mm. But then instead I got the news. So he was killed in Connecticut. It was a basement parties, which they keep, I heard they keep that often, you know, mm. have parties downstairs. Yeah. And I think he came on from work and he was sleeping and I think the noise. And I think he went down once and you know he said you know can you guys turn the music down who was he living with um well i think he lived at like what place or who personally well he lived with his girlfriend okay and i think he was sleeping and then he got woken up by the noise and he went down and asked him to turn the music down and then he went back up Mm. i don't know if they probably turned the music back up or did it worse you know people can be disrespectful and my dad being who he is man in charge and stuff like that you know he goes down again and he said, you know, you guys need to turn the music off. So I'm going to call the police or whatever, whatnot was right. said. Yeah. Someone just weren't happy about it. Mm. He turned his back 
and he started making his way back up because how I heard it's like he got shot in the back of his head. Oh, so it's like oh. from behind. Yeah. All over that, just to tell, just to. Um, yeah, bec- but you know the crazy thing is the stories that I hear after was like somebody threatened him <laughs> right. because he was the kind of the family member that if your cousin was getting abusive, like you know if somebody was being abusive to our family members, my dad would be the one to step in and right. be like, well, you're not touching my cousin or move away or threaten and all of these kind of things. So I think it, mm, a lot of people were saying it's to do with the arguments that you had with a guy. From, pre- from yeah. before that night. Yeah, so... Yeah. It was a lot of theories going on mm. and what potentially happened, but nobody knows. All, I, all I'm left with is just these stories. He cared about people, he protected people. He protected people, yeah. he cared about people, and mm. he's always putting it in premeditated. Um, I don't think, well, I can't say or that because I don't someone know. Someone had it in for him, maybe possibly. Because the thing is, um, so, well, he had an argument with a guy mm. that was hitting my cousin. And he was always beating my cousin. And um, over there, I heard, yeah, over mm. there. And he's always defended the cousin, said, you know, whatever he said to him. And then the guy threatened him. So there was that story. So nobody knew. But then that guy died the other day. So I don't know. Did right. he? Yeah, somebody killed him. Oh. And, uh, you know, and it just made me think, okay, it's, you know, it's odd. But then everyone thought it was actually him because he was the one that threatened my dad. Right. Was anyone so arrested? Nobody. No one. No. They no. never found no so one. Because be... it was the basement party that everyone yeah. thought. I think the police just put it down to somebody in the part. someone in the party just probably did it yeah. out of like you know, anger or just think who does he think he is party kind of thing. It could be anything, party you know? Because my dad is quite he's quite a strong character and my family members they all relied on him. He was like the dad because his dad passed away when he was young. So he, he was the first child for my gran. Mm. So he had like all these other siblings, like you know, ten, eleven kids. And he was like the older one for them. Mm. So he kind of had this dad role that he played with his siblings as well. So he carried on when he's in his daytime life. I mean, he was a dealer, but he had a good heart. Mm. You know, I heard a little joke that said, you know, when he shot his um, clients, he would cook them meals. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, he was just a drug dealer, but <laughs> it just shows his heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we do things and people see you and say, oh, you're horrible, you're a drug dealer. Just because you're a drug dealer doesn't mean you're a bad yeah, person. but they say that, don't they? Yeah, so that's the stigma they put on the body Scarface. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Scarface give everyone a bad rep, didn't it? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, that film. But yeah, there's, there's, there's deeper stuff than just, like, on the surface. Yeah. Was, was the funeral in Connecticut? There was one in Connecticut and there was one in Jamaica where I attended and... Yeah, they had a little mini one before the body came out because you know you can pay for the body to go, go out back to, to your home, home country. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 yeah, of course. My father. So that's what happened. I was lucky practice. that could happen because I don't know what I would have done if I couldn't go because I just remember reading something at the funeral and, I, and I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I saw him as well. I know it's odd, but I'm glad I saw him. And uh, yeah, not make peace, but I'm just glad I saw of him. Course. Makes it easy. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm glad I saw him. And I think. Yeah, and I think I carried that grief all the way to England with me. Well, you would do naturally, of course. Yeah, and yeah. Will you permanently change from that day? Because you describe things when you were younger, and I think when you're younger, the memory's a bit of a blur. But when you're Mm twelve, it's 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 going to be it's going to hit you, and you're going to remember it. Definitely, definitely. I think I think my stepmom, which is Auntie Gloria, that raised me from us five. I think she helped in a lot of ways. Yeah, she did. She's like an older person and she's quite mature and she's never had kids herself. She's raised other children. And I think that, I don't know, I just, I felt comforted by her. She was your rock. At the time, yeah. And 
it, it, it was kind of better than not having anyone, you know what I mean? And mm. the fact that she wanted me to go and speak to someone and she took an interest. So it, it kind of helped as well with that, to know that I'm getting love. Because that's what I was missing from my dad. So we were counselling at the time? Um, no, because um, she wanted to bring me somewhere. But I think maybe um, her love just kind of not made her worry. Mm. So she didn't take it to any level because I just started being that normal child again. Didn't know that it was buried deep somewhere because, you know... you. you tuck your grief away sometimes don't you? <laughs> and I think I tucked it somewhere and just think oh yeah I'm getting a little hug or you know I'm getting ice cream I'm getting stuff so mm. it kind of like mellowed it out but it doesn't get rid of the grief no of course it not it doesn't it just makes it dormant <laughs> so what were you like in school around that time where were you in school I did get a lot of support at my school I went to a, um, Westwood High School in Jamaica we wear hats and little dresses you know oh. it was really yeah it was really it was a nice school um, I got a lot of support there not gonna lie. So it was, it was okay. I just had that thing missing, though. That yeah, that little spark of looking forward to holidays and looking forward to him coming. You know, he'd come and I'd see money. I'd see, I'd just see everything. Like he'd just have jewelry and money and, you know, the best cars. And then when you're a child, those things are like, oh my god, and you know, getting into daddy's car and stuff. And those little things. That's what I think I was. So missing. why didn't you move to Connecticut with him? Well, my dad didn't really have a stable life, so I think he left me with that lady because he knew she would look after me. And the lifestyle he was living. And the lifestyle he was living, I don't think he would want me there. Of course. So that year, he was planning to leave everything and, and come, come back to Jamaica. To Jamaica. Right. And that's, you know, that, that was the irony. You know, after all those years of, he said he was coming home and stuff. And yeah, it just happened. Had you visited the UK before you moved to the UK? Yeah, when I was seven. Oh, wow. So you... To my dad's <gasps> sister. She sent for me, but then I was here for three weeks and then I went back. So you but... did a lot of travelling earlier than you were going back and forth from Jamaica, yeah. England. Yeah, I was travelling when I was like six, seven yeah. or something. Yeah. Where in the UK were you still? All with your father. Did you come to England with your father? No, no, no. no, 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 no. My, my dad would be in Canada. First he went to Canada and right. then he went to America. Okay. So he was more Canada, America, connect- yeah, right. he was America more there. Yeah. England side was more his sister, my aunt, right. that took over from him. Right. And, yeah, so most of my dad's side of family, they are here. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the dad's side of the family is here. Yeah. And your mum's side is in Jamaica? My mum's side, they're in Jamaica and America. In America. But, yeah. yeah. How did it feel to start a school in the UK when you were 12 and you moved? I moved there when I was 13 and I started school. What was it like? I think I had my best times at school, to be honest. In Jamaica? No. When I came here, because at home everything was, I was expecting a lot of love and Mm. the same kind of thing that I was coming from. That's what I was expecting. Mm. But I just naturally expected it because that's what I've had all my life. Mm -hmm. And I realised that I was a bit spoiled as well, looking back. I had everything that I wanted. I woke up, I saw breakfast on the table. You know, you see people washing your clothes. You know, it was just very easy for me growing up. So I think that switch to come over and then you're getting shouted at to do stuff. It was just very different. Not that I wanted to, not wanted to do anything. It's not that. It's just that when you're being expected to do all these things that they know that you weren't really doing, it was kind of like a little knock. So whenever I go to school, I'd have all the fun. I'd do the, be the class clown. I'll mess around and not do no work because when I go home, it'd be like, <sighs> okay. What were your favourite subjects? English and drama. Drama. <laughs> English drama. and drama. And my drama teacher loved me as well. It's like, what was drama like in school? Drama, we did, drama was always like a, 
a mess around class in my school. Was it? Yeah, well, drama was the most like. Do you know my favorite part in drama? When when drama drama drama. We was just unruly. We didn't listen to no one. We just stood up and played around for the whole lesson. Yeah, what was that teacher doing? Ivy Grove was rubbish. I had to make up stories and act it out, and that was fun. Oh really? Yeah, we made it like I remember we had to do a scary thing of you know came up with this thing called Manor House. Talk to us about Manor House. Basically we create this thing where it's a strange um, there's a diary and we would like turn the lights off do the light and everything and then it would be I would come out and just trip upon a diary on the floor <laughs> in a haunted house and I'd be like what? and then I will just stop Welcome to Manor House, blah blah blah, and it'd be tin tin tin. Yeah, so but I enjoyed it. It was really fun. It made you creative and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So I enjoyed it. That's weird. What school was that? St Mary's. What area? That's in Hendon. Hendon, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. St Mary's Church of England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me where Hendon is. I have no idea. Barnet. Hendon just Barnet. Yeah. Do you know just Barnet? North, North London. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Edgeware. <laughs> Up the A406. Yeah, yeah, not too far from. It's not really in Edgware. It's like twenty minutes from Edgware. Okay. Yeah. I speak at a few schools around there. Yeah. 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 And I end up working in Edgware now. Quite a nice area, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Very. With your personality, then, did you make friends quite quickly coming to the UK? I did, and That's a lot of people were fascinated by me. They actually thought I was from America, and it would confuse me. But now I'm thinking because I was travelling there a lot. I think yeah, because even the fashion, I love the baseball mm. jackets and the, 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 the you know the snapback. So even Jamaica's and very close culture. to Jamaican culture as well, isn't it? Jamaica, America, yeah, we do. It's so close as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how long is it? Sort of like an hour on the plane, two hours. Not even that. I yeah. think we adapt the American culture the, yeah, more I, than the English culture. Yes, I've noticed because that. of the music. Yes, I've you noticed know what that. I mean. Yeah, Jamaica adapts the American culture yeah. a lot. Definitely. And, and remember, the rappers yeah. they go Jamaica like on weekends or holidays. Weekends, yeah, it's like you be in a party. Yeah. And the rappers would be there. Just that's right. In a party. That's right. That's yeah, right. when I went over there, there was loads of Canadians and Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, full up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh. very close. So I think very Americans close, do yeah. like um, Jamaican culture. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah I'd agree yeah. with that. 100%. Definitely. So, what was your goal? You know, like you think, when I grow up, I'm going to be this and that. Did <laughs> you know what I wanted to be? I thought, an air hostess. <laughs> I did as oh, well. Oh. Right, I was fascinated. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the, you know, the trolleys and then you go into different countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I just wanted, and I think every time I travelled, I just liked how they were just like hello and yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It always seemed like a cool job, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they were yeah, so nice definitely. as well. And I think yeah. I travelled once on my own. Yeah. And you know, when you travel on your own as a child, yeah. the the travel agent was the one that is in charge of you. Yeah, yeah, so she yeah. was just so nice, and she'd bring me like colour and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, she's so cool. Yeah, I yeah. want to yeah, do yeah, this. They're always lovely, isn't they? Very lovely. So I think that kind of shine a good light on me, and think, yeah, I wanted to do that. So yeah. was, was there any dramas in your life during your school years? Um, apart from getting beats when I go home. Right. If I'm running late, I remember just getting hit with England, random stuff. Yeah, my aunt, she just started just oh, wow. hitting me for stuff. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the worst thing I did. And I, I don't think I... It was me ironing a shirt once. But then, because I'm left-handed, I did it the other way around. I don't know what I've done. <laughs> I done. I think I turned the ironing board somewhere different. And then I think you're meant to do the shirt a certain way. Mm. But then I did it a different way. And then she was like, you know, what the hell are you doing? And stuff like that. I would get pulled up for, like, you literally... You got for ironing the shirt room? That could be one of them. Oh, or 
if I finish school at 3.15, I'm supposed to be home by 4. If 4.15 was to approach, so I'd be, I remember literally just shitting myself on the oh, bus. No. Like, especially if there's traffic and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I remember like, I was Most just like, like my, my hands were just sweaty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I don't know what's going to happen because if course. I'm getting hits for, I'd work it out in my head I'm thinking, okay, so if I'm getting hits for that, mm. then this should be, oh my God. Worse. So mm. I tried to always, I was always on some timer for something. Like you're working on eggshells. Yeah, and mm. it, it would be like, so I just have all the fun because there was just all this that I was used to in Jamaica I remember you had local clubs I would play basketball netball go to the beach it would be always something simple and nice so coming here now to not go anywhere and just be like just going to church every Sunday I resented my faith completely I was like hell no (laughs) this ain't the one for me and all of that you know which is totally different now connect made my own connection spiritually it's working for me you know bring me healing help making me help others and and I'm still that happy girl. They didn't damage that, and I'm happy about that. So, yeah. So there was a situation where you ran away to a school friend's house. Yeah. That was the first time I ran away when I was 15. Oh, everyone runs away. Mm. No, but that, that point I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I could deal with this. I just became Dora the Explorer. Dora like, the Explorer? Yeah, I'll never forget that the, the, there was a black rucksack, you know, head, that brand. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, in yeah. Written in red. I'll never forget. I started packing it. I don't know what I packed in there. I can't remember. And my friend, I had a friend that lived in Kilburn um, from school. And I was like, yep, I'm definitely going to her house because her mum looks cool. And I'm just going to go chill and just be there. And yeah, I ran away that first time. And um, I came across this guy. I think he was homeless or he lived on the road. And he walked with me, you know, and he showed me like a young person's, you know, like a centre, like Why a youth centre. It was similar to that, but it was more like um, a group session like you know those little local groups that you can go to and probably play pool and all of that it was a youth youth club yeah Yeah, Yeah, and yeah i remember just walking in years ago yeah i went there and it was really nice and i saw everyone was just happy Mm. you know drinking soup and having bread and you know friends that's when i first discovered friends which i love my favorite comedy ever and it was just that moment i was thinking oh my god why can't i have that I wanted to join them, you know, I just wanted to get in there and just, yeah, it was just, it was sad though, but it was just like me just trying to hunt for like something opposite to what I had. Mm. So it was that. And then I can't remember, I just remember getting taken back by the police. I think they called the police because I was there because obviously they had to call the police, I'm underage and I didn't get to get to my friend's house because the, I wrote the address down wrong. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, when it, like, say for instance, you know, you've got different roads where it's private roads then you've got private park road. And then I'll go to the other one. This said the other one, and then the house was just blocked up. I was thinking she doesn't live there. And I came across this person, and he f- said, oh, come, yeah. and we go there. And he dropped me off, and I, his voice was very distinctive. Really? Yep. And he had a very posh voice, and he said he was in the army, and I could just basically... From then, I knew I observed people differently, because every his story that he told me, I just pictured his life. Like, you know, he went in the army, and then he he's not no more and I just thought something happened that made him just I didn't know what it was and for some reason he helped me and I like that I'm thinking you know it's it's the yeah I appreciated people I think from then mm-hmm. strangers mm-hmm. I appreciated yeah. strangers yeah mm-hmm. yeah so how did you end up back from that running away they brought me back home I did go to another aunt, I think briefly, for two days. Maybe they made that arrangement. But well, you didn't want to go back to that aunt? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why I told the police, oh, please don't bring mm-hmm. me back. Bring me back to Jamaica, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't care. Anyway, I was just but, protesting, yeah. But after, yeah. But after being going through that, I don't blame you. But yeah. then I went to my aunt for a couple of days and I got brought back to that aunt. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just like, the same thing again. And then it just got worse because it's like you're being resented for trying to get away. <laughs> so mm. it never got any better. It just got worse. I started getting beats with shoes now. Ooh. Yeah, it was like with shoes, with a heel, I'll never oh, forget. Fuck, yeah, yeah. yeah. stiletto? No, not that one. You know those old boots with those kind of low heel with... The stubby ones. Them like kind of... Yeah. No, no it had... No, 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 this is too, like, new. Like, it was just an old-fashioned kind of... Boot. Mm. Yeah, you know this kind of heel that's just got a little... A little like a wedge, but it's not yeah, a mini yeah, wedge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's about like a stock. But yeah. Yeah, 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 and I remember like getting hit. So I can't remember what I did, which I just can't remember what I do. And then it would be like they, I think I got asked to mop the floor. I think in the kitchen or something, and I didn't put enough water in the bucket. So it'd be simple things like that that I get probably hit or told off for. And yeah, and it and was how just old was you at that point now? Like fifteen. Oh shit. So you're, not, you're, not, you're not a little little girl no more. Exactly, and yeah. I just thought that it was just either anger or screamed at, or I remember I was ironing upstairs once and I heard her coming and I was like, I jumped and I, I think I, I burnt my hand by accident. Mm. And that's when I knew that, oh my God, like I'm a, literally a wreck. Yeah. And every night I would cry in my dad's picture <laughs> under my pillow, literally. And it was that mm. until I said, no, I've got to go. So I started planning a second runaway. <laughs> I said, wow. no, I'm not staying anymore. Yeah. This is too much. And then um, I started doing my research. It's like going online, I don't know, yeah. You get the wrong, wrong road again, you know. Yeah, and I didn't want to, yeah. So I just started doing my, no, I started doing my research. I heard, you know, you hear stories that when you turn 16, you can get your hostel, you can get your place. I just started looking into all these yeah, other stuff. independent. Yeah, I just started doing all of that. Mm. And I think, I didn't end up going on my own anyway, but I said I wanted some outlet. So I think, mm. I don't know what happened one day that triggered me and said, it's, no, it's time to go now. This is, no. It's me against the world now. Mm. That's the attitude I got at one point. And I remember going to... Um, I, I finished high school and I went into sixth form. And when I went into sixth form, that was when I was 16, it was still no, no change or nothing. I was just very depressed. I didn't even do any work. School, All the yeah. qualifications I've got now is when I was an adult, I got them. Yeah. I literally didn't... I didn't have no GCSEs. I didn't get... The only thing I got was a trauma. Drama and English oh, yeah, was the only GCSE. Yeah. Man of house. <laughs> the project. <laughs> Maybe that's why I got B. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Man of house. <laughs> it was the man house. Yeah. We need to do the series and put on Netflix. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it, it got to the point where you ran, the second time you ran, you ran away, it was to your grandma's house? Yeah. Okay, what it is, I packed everything, went to college, didn't actually go to school, waited for everyone to go work, and then to one went back to the house. Wow. Got everything this time, because I packed everything the night before and put it under the bed. This is the second runaway. This is the second second runaway. This is everything's coming with me now, not just the rucksack. This is all, like, my bags and everything, like, all I need. You're the runaway bride, didn't you? Yeah, and I remember I had my white teddy bear that my dad sent in a parcel in Jamaica that I carried with me over here. Yeah. I put that in a bag as well. It's like, not leaving that. And, yeah, it was just, like, sentimental things. Mm. Um, And I called an uncle. And he called me the other day and he laughed and he said, you know, not much people knew I came to pick you up. Oh, because he's, he's the one that gave yeah. me... Right, yeah, he came and um, picked me up outside. I just called him. Yeah. He's that uncle, you know. Um, even now, he's just very supportive. And It's good that you had someone... And he told yeah, me... Yeah, yeah, and he told me how he had me when I was younger as well. And my dad used to leave me with him. 
and he would, you know, my dad was very protective. Like, he would be, like, shitting himself if he dropped me or anything happened to me. He would always watch me because my dad would go crazy at anyone if anything happened to me. So he was that kind of dad. Mm. He was very overprotective mm. with me, which is why I don't think I grew up with that side. He made mm. sure I got, grew up in Trelawney. So I'm seeing why with a lot of things now, mm. you know? So, yeah. So the second runaway. The second runaway, he came, picked me up. I threw the bags, I just remember throwing the bags out the window <laughs> from the, the top floor and just chucking everything out. And then he said, come, let's go around my gran. Thinking, yay, okay. Never knew I was jumping out the pot and going in the flames, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I ended up going to my gran, you know, um, it's very different. Where, where, was, where was your gran? Um, Halsden. Halsden, so you got from Hendon to Halsden? No, sorry. I was in St. Raffles. Hendon's where I went to school. Oh, sorry, St. Raffles. So I was in Neasden. Oh, you was in Neasden, yeah. so not too far there from Neasden to Halsden. No, yeah, so it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's like, like literally yeah. like a 10, 15 Ten, minute yeah, drive. Yeah, 15 minute drive, yeah, I know it. I know yeah. it's a drive well. So I went to my grands, didn't really get the. Like, why? Why'd you leave? Blah blah blah. Because yeah. everyone assumes when when a child runs away, everyone assumes that oh they're running away to go and do badness or mm-hmm. to go do with to be boy, unruly with or a, to, with a boyfriend or something. Or something, yeah. yeah. And you have to remember at that stage, I was still a virgin. Like I grew up in Jamaica, very sheltered, so we didn't care about having boyfriends at that age. Mm. It was a community that we would just laugh and have fun and travel and do things. I had everything emotionally. So I didn't see, I was very shy. Mm. So when I'd see like boys and stuff, I wouldn't like be all this open and, you know, mm. so I'd be like, be friends with them, but I wouldn't think like that because mm. I didn't grow up like that, you know? So sorry. I think, yeah. So yeah. Wow. So how old are you now in your story? How old? Are you in your story right now? What you tell us? What age 15, are you? Fifteen, sixteen. When you get to your yeah, 15, you got to, you sixteen. 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 Yeah, sixteen. Sixteen. Because that's when I knew that when you you can get your own place at sixteen. Right. But I never knew, you know, when my uncle said, "Oh, let's go up my gran," I never knew that they were the same. Even though my aunt, that aunt, didn't speak to that side of family. That's why I ran away to them, by the way, because she was hiding me from them. She didn't want me to be around them. She hid me away from yeah. So it was them that mystery, and then. If you're hiding me from someone, make sure I'm having fun here. <laughs> because you're going to hide me away from someone. You're going to make me be curious about where you're hiding me from. Yeah. Especially if I'm, not, if I'm not being acknowledged or loved in a certain way. Where you are. You know, there's mm-hmm. all manipulation. There's mm-hmm. in how... Yeah, I started studying a lot of things. I see how she deals with her friends as well. And mm-hmm. me as a... I shouldn't be sitting there looking at that, I think. I figured out a lot of things. Because mm-hmm. I've got a mentor that said, Tawani, you know, emotional intelligence is very you know, with certain things that I look on. Mm. And I think it started from looking at how she dealt with other people. Mm. And I thought that it was wrong because I, maybe she was hurting me. So I kind of related with those people. So, yeah, I started seeing how people deal with people and stuff like that. So did you say you went to Sixth Form College around this yeah. age? Yeah. Mm. What subjects did you choose there? Business. <laughs> Not Travel. drama? Travel tourism, because you want to be there. So I know, but I, I went into business. I don't know why, but I did business and IT. Business yeah, yeah, in computer. And how was that environment for you, Sixth Form College? Did you have a really new, fa- a new set what? of friends? <laughs> on the podcast with the Lincoln Nation, mm. how can somebody went, oh my God, Graham Park Day, St. Mary's, big up. We yeah. had so much jokes. And it brought me back and it just reminded me that, yeah, I did have a lot of fun. Yeah, see, like, it was you like you had a lot of fun when you were oh, around. Yeah. Every, yeah. yeah, I'm a cool person. Yeah, you uh, yeah, you I'm, you know, and... <laughs> I, I bring vibe to people because even in, inside, um, you know, they call me T-Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just funny because that's just who I am. It's just that I just go places where it's either suppressed or people, I don't know, just think different. Like, or you just, they, they deflect their, how they feel mm. and then you believe that. 
So then you carry thinking, oh... They flick, say again? They, they, def- they, they Sometimes when, when you go around certain people and they yeah. deflect their behaviours on you... They do, yes. You kind of believe that and think, oh... You know, some people can just, like... Not right, like they rub off on you? Yeah. No, it's not even rub okay. off. It's like, they will probably have a reason why they don't like you. Right. And then they will just come out with a reason that how they feel. Yes. And then you will feel that, oh, my God, is that how I'm making them feel? And then you yeah. carry that with you, don't you? Yes. Not knowing yes. that, that's just her perception. That's just, that's that person's that's just that person's problem, not there yours. You yeah. yeah, there you go. Like what you were saying um, before, that everyone is just themselves, and yeah. sometimes we oh, yeah, so look for more. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, I just say trust people to be themselves. Yeah, trust people to be themselves. Yeah, like the was it the MX lyric again? Um, No, that that was what he said. Yeah, trust people to be themselves. Yeah, trust people to be themselves. Just know them when you see them. Know them when you see them. Yeah. So I when I when he said that, huh? You can tell about egg when you meet one. Do you know what? I no. try to see the good in people. Yeah, this is it. It's just and like I just think mm. everyone just have something good. It's just somewhere. That's right. So that's I always how I try think. To see I know it's a bit boring, isn't it? Well. Like no, everyone's got, no, but I always true. try to see the good in people. Yeah, yeah. even even even, when, even, even when you can't to, see it. Yeah, I still trying to search until you can't search <laughs> no more. No, but hold on. Yeah. There are people that rub you the wrong way. They do, yeah. And I get that as well because I'm human. Yeah, of so there are some people that. I'll delete them from my account because yeah. you're not going to spoil my energy. You're not going to spoil my energy. <laughs> you're not, no, no, yeah, sure. you're not going to because there are absolutely. people that actually enjoy doing yeah. that. Yeah. So you just got to be wary of who's worth your time. Yeah. And who's here to drain you mm-hmm. or to play the victim mm-hmm. to drain you. Mm-hmm. You've got real victims and then you've got just ones me. that put it on. To Energy vampires. You. Energy vampires. Trolls. And so yeah. I know how to decipher those, you know, exactly. the ones with a motive then, I should say. <laughs> how, how was it sitting your exams? Did you do a lot of studies and, or did you find it quite easy just to... Just walk didn't in. really know how to study, to be honest. I didn't know. Red Bull. My, I would, I would, I would, no, I would daydream. I would literally daydream, like what I'm gonna do when I'm an adult, or where I'm gonna go. I was just daydreaming. That was how I dealt with. Were you still everything. daydreaming with Trolley Dolly at this point, or did you? Have <laughs> do you know what I was daydreaming oh. about? I think I was embracing like loving music and just writing like. What sort of music were you into? Everything. everything. Don't laugh. What year? Oh, when what? I, when oh. I came up, oh my god, don't laugh. When I first came up, it was five. Everybody. Oh yes, oh, and then it would be like bewitched, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, I, I had a song that I heard then when I ran away, and it brought me back. Right. Every, Dancing in the moonlight. What, oh, year, what year was this? Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be anything, and then you know it'd be shaggy. It'd be. I love my bashment. I love my dancehall. I love, I love it music. Me. So it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. It came out. I think round it. No, Angel. Do you know Angel? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 Angel. Yeah. That came. Yeah, so I was just like, I think the music stuck there because that was my only escape as well. When mm. I heard it playing, it would give me a little, you know, a little yeah. break. Did you used to record it off the radio on a cassette? When I was younger, yeah, I used to write songs and pause it, yeah. and be like, write the lyrics, and then, and then act like I knew the lyric. Yeah, yeah. I get, it was about getting that moment where you've got the presenter's voice off. And then the music started and getting it right on the door. Oh, no. I, I, used to know, yeah. I know. Do you remember TDK? Oh man! You're taping it off my the dad tape. sent me yeah. my first um, mixtape, Tevin Campbell. I never forget. Yeah. He sent me um, my mixtape, '90s songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and I started singing. I think I started using my voice then. Oh, is it? You're a bit of a singer then, yeah? Not really. Yeah. Well, I did. I did. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I sing, and my daughter's like, "Mommy, you know you can sing." And then another time, I just sound crap. 
So maybe from the smoking part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I can. I can yeah. do a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm passionate about it, yeah, and I yeah. think being liberated and mm. just feel like and you know creative, I've got control. Sort of person, yeah. And sometimes like yeah, because I write a lot of poetry inside. So that's when I saw that side mm. of me as well, and I try to do my little guitar and make little tunes with it. But it's not really serious. It's just my personality well, and yeah. enjoying life. I think yeah, yeah, every nice. little bit. What was it like going like clubs and pubs and parties for the first time? Ooh, when I was 18. Funny enough. Until you were 18? Yeah. I actually took my virginity <laughs> at 18. Whoa. Yeah, I think that's when everything's like, whoa, okay. No, mine. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, but you see, the thing is, Me I think either. it was more... <laughs> I think it's more of my upbringing. Yeah. You know, when you get brought up in Jamaica in a strict environment, you don't really get exposed to a lot of things yeah. until, do you know what I mean? Which I think is not that great because then my sex education was very low right and relationships and everything nothing was taught you know so i picked all that up on my own just by you know the hard way heartbreaks and liking people that not really into you but you like them because you know you want that yeah and you don't know attention different from genuine likes and just things like that yeah yeah well said yeah, Definitely. but it was that was the first time I think I, was, I think I went in dreams and I was living dreams in, in Houston, yeah, yeah in Houston. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's a club, um, yeah, and then I started hearing Jamaican music and it yeah, brought yeah, me yeah. back and I started mm. putting on all my little outfits yeah, and yeah. tiny mini that, that was, the, yeah. main, that was <laughs> the main place to go in West. Listen, time, I started though. shoplifting, yeah, because it was just clothing. I would yeah. be going and getting all these designer wear and all of this, <laughs> and I'll be the hottest thing would in there. Would you walk in the shop, put it under your clothes, and walk out? No. Yeah. more professional than that <laughs> we'd, what we'd do we'd go shopping and then we'd go to shops that the buzzers won't go off you know those ones that you can go home and then you can burn off the, the ink buzzers yeah <laughs> oh, the one, them ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you was professional then. Yeah, because I was too scared. So, yeah, I was, shit. I was shit. No, that's not professional. When you go with other people, then it's, it comes easier. Who taught you that then? So you why I couldn't taught you. We yeah. hanging out with people who. When you hang out with people that, you know, used to do that and stuff, you, you end up learning some stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. And it What's was just fun. What's the best fun. way to shoplift? The best way to shoplift? I don't know, because I think I was shit. I kept getting caught, so. I kept paying fines and I just got annoyed that I'm paying for the clothes that I'm nicking. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just very, you know, annoying at one point. But then I think the best way is to just like, I used to do this little trick. I'd go through the, the um, I'd go through the rack and then I'd have my bag on the floor. So whatever I go through and I see, I would slip it off and make it drop. <laughs> and then I will just flick through because I always think the camera's watching and if someone's watching, I need to be doing what I'm yeah. appeared to be doing. Yeah. So, and then I would do that and then, yeah. And, and I would be like, I'll do the expressions as well, crazy stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, no, don't want that. Like that. And then I will just take the bag and I'll probably buy a top or buy something and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Were the police getting involved in these arrests when um, you caught? Or was it just... Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I remember I got caught in TK Maxx like, years ago. Love TK Maxx. Listen, and I don't know what I was doing because the bag was full. It had can openers. It had Because, you know, TK Maxx had all these different things. So I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, they were even taking the piss as well, the guys in the back. They were like, oh, we wanted um, can openers, did you? And writing up papers and... Okay, and all of that, and he just everything accumulated to like 2,000, 3,000, and he called the police. And I think that was my first arrest. That was your first arrest. Yeah. Where'd they take you? To Hendon. Was it Hendon? So, talk us through the arrest. Okay, so they 
they held us in upstairs in the shop because they wouldn't let Who's us. Who's us? Me and my other friend that was there. And basically, we were there sitting down, shitting ourselves because we're thinking, what the hell's going to happen? It's the first time I'm getting arrested ever. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm thinking about a long life. I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought it was the worst thing ever, getting caught. And then the police came and then they took us. I can't remember what happened between them because it was just like, they didn't really talk to us. So we were just in the back. We got brought to Elin because it was the Elin TK Maxx. So mm. I'll never forget, it would be that area. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yeah, we went there and I think we went and then I think we had to appear at court. Caution. I got cautioned because it was the first time. First yeah. yeah, so yeah, I got yeah. cautioned, so nothing really happened. Mm. We got cautioned, but then I got a fine. But then the second time I got arrested, it was breaking a conditional discharge. Yes. Exactly. And then for that, it was just like another fine. And it was just fines, fines, fines all the time. Bit of fines. Like your skin. Bit unpaid <laughs> Listen, and you know the mad thing about it? I was always working as well. Every time I'm doing something bad, I would always have the head screw on here. And then another side that was just unscrewed. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. it was literally trying to get through life. And I would literally be it's letting myself... That, yeah, I'd be doing something to mess this up. Because I'd walk in job interviews and it would be like that. Like, I was a recruitment specialist for, like, years. And I loved getting people jobs. You know, I liked it when they were struggling with their CVs. I will do their CVs. I said, no, that's not the way. No, you've got to do this and you've got to sit. And I was just getting them ready. So anything I put my mind to... You can do it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what, how it was. And yeah, and I think I didn't really see my worth, even though I was doing that. Looking back, I didn't really thought it was nothing. Mm. It's crazy, right? And I was helping so much people. And yeah, I just looked at it as nothing because I was shoplifted. So I focused on, yeah, you're shoplifting. You're doing what they said you were going to do. Mm. Run away and be bad. So all these things it's coming like, in. Yeah, it's like a pro. Yeah. It's like you, you, you know program I mean? that yeah, yeah, yeah. to feel like Yeah, that. because running away is deemed as a bad thing. They, they, they think. And you know the funny thing about running away? All the friends of your aunt, they all carry the same vibe. So really? when you see them on the road, they'll be like... <sighs> Bad egg. <laughs> yeah. And all that. I'd get that, you know, for a couple of years. And then when she let them down, then it was like, oh, hey, Tawan, hey. Hi, how are you doing? How's the kids? <laughs> and I'm thinking... And I'm just blunt, because I'm thinking, you didn't really care before. Mm. So I didn't, yeah, I wasn't really the type to be, like, fake. And be like, oh, and mm. I couldn't. Because I'm thinking, I said, yeah, they're fine. And I just looked at them. Mm. And that was it. And they went, oh, take care of yourself. Because they clocked that I'm not in a conversation. Because mm. you guys looked at me like I was doing something bad. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. now she's let you guys down. They were judgmental. And she's losing her friends. Mm. They're all trying to Gravitate focus in my, you. yeah. And mm. I'm a Leo. Come on. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's a thing, but... <laughs> no, I said I'm a Leo, like... I'm a Leo too. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. So, Twana, you said you were at your grandma's house then. Mm-hmm. What was life like for you in there? Okay, I think, all I can remember was feeling a lot more free. I was 16, you know, I was getting attention, especially being in the area where a lot of people knew other people, so... I was like a new face. Mm. So, you know, see all the drug dealers in the area, all the guys that had money and all these kind of lifestyle, they mm. would notice me and stuff. And I think from then, it was just like, oh, going parties, dressing nice. That was always like a number one thing. Mm. At my grand, it would kind of be a bit of um, like, how do I explain it? It would be more... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. 
Okay, I get it out. Let's, <laughs> let's you're go. lucky. Right. You're glad for editing. I swear to God. Now you ain't got editing. You need to keep that in. What? Yeah. <laughs> is what is. You know what we're about? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the pluses and minuses <laughs> of keeping that in, Jen. <laughs> Are you okay? We're about to gas. You die. You should be happy. Going. When you hear somebody fart, I'm being honest with you. I'm dead serious. If you don't fart, you die. If you don't burp, you die. Yeah, let's keep part of life. We'll keep all the in. Tawana, could you just repeat that sentence because the burp overrode it? Okay, basically, I was. Excuse me. I just started going out. Yeah. You know, going shopping. I had my job, my part-time job, plus the shoplifting. So I would always be looking nice in the new clothes and new brands, and that was the highlight. I wanted to carry on that feeling of you know looking nice. Um, started raving, started going out, you know, had my first boyfriend. That's when I, looking back, what that's was when your I first think, boyfriend like? He was quite handsome. He's like um, tall, he's mixed race, and he was like, I don't know, I liked his personality, and we met at a house party. And um, it was nice, you know, to speak to someone different from my family, because when you grow up sheltered and you're having all these experiences, it's quite fresh. Everything's just new and fresh. Mm. Um, but then my family would, you know, give me a hard time about him. Because <coughs> believe it or not, in some black families, they don't want you dating other people from other race. So you would get comments and it would not encourage you in the relationship. It would make you think that you're doing something wrong. So that's how I think a lot of it made me feel. Right with my first boyfriend. I think it rubbed off because I think when we got together and we were going on good, I just randomly broke up with him without mm. giving an explanation. And that's something that I've lived with over the years. I know I hurt him because I've seen him otherwise and he's, I've seen it from him. So I think mm. having a first boyfriend, breaking up and um, dating a much more thug guy. Mm. And I was like really fascinated with the rap style and the rap lifestyle, I think. Mm. I don't know if it was going to America. I don't know if, because that's, you know, the posters of the rappers that I had. Uh, who knows? And that was what I shifted it's to. the influence yeah. that's put in. Yeah, so that's where that I led is. to. And then it, I was having problems at home because you were saying, oh, so that's what you wanted to come here and do, to be all out there partying mm. and close. You know, I get told to go to the library for my grand. Like, why are you going to party? Go, go to lab, go read a book, go mm. this. So everything was just being challenged. I'd put on a lip gloss, put on makeup, and then I'd have, like, a family member going, oh, why are you putting on lipstick for? Oh, why are you putting on lip... Everything was just being challenged, and mm. it was almost like a hateful attack. Mm. That's how it felt. So that must have made you want to even do it even more. Yeah, it made me angry that yeah. I was... Get, at first, it made me angry that I was get, get made to feel like that from my, my dad's brothers and sisters. Because remember, I'm going there in the hopes that they're a little bit like my dad. But then yeah. now I know that my dad was a one of a kind. Yeah, of course. So when you're kind of looking for certain mannerisms and certain kind of love and emotion yeah, yeah. and you get the opposite and yeah. you get people that want to control you mm. without any sort of like love and att- because there's nothing wrong with rules and boundaries, is there? No. But it's how you deliver it to people. And I think there was not a balance. It was almost like, why are you doing this? Why are you going there? I would go somewhere and then it would be told that it's, you know, I've gone there, there'll be a whole gang of family members backing me up. 
trying to find out what I'm doing to make it out. So all those things were just very crazy. quite a large family over here. Really. Yeah, I do. Mm. And um, a lot of them have reached out as well that I've never had a chance to connect with, which mm. is good. Um, and I think I started to get that feeling of running away again. Um, <laughs> because I'm thinking, yeah. like, what the hell? Mm. I've just found a little happiness and, you know, a little bit of independence. I've got mm. my own money and... I think my friend that I went college with, which is why I told you I used to live in Homerton, because <laughs> my friend uh, I went college with, you know, she said I could come and stay with her. And I'll never forget my friend. He basically got my... I packed everything. It was just one day I couldn't take it anymore. Packed everything, and this so guy... 18, 18. 18. Yeah, I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I remember packing my stuff, and then I remember when... One of my uncle's girlfriends said to me, Tawana, I liked how you did it because she's... She, she basically said how they all came back and never saw me. All of my stuff was just gone. So it was very dramatic because they're probably thinking that they're coming in to probably say something or to t- tackle me about something, but then they couldn't find any trace of me. No, they didn't Nothing. know you were a professional runner. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Been there, done that. Like, yeah, no, no, no. It's starting You're to feel like a buzz, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like 007 Yeah, and this time... <laughs> This time I'm not local. Yeah, I'm going yeah. across to East, East London. So it's yeah. like, listen, so I'm like, it's just been a, like a roller coaster for the couple of years. <laughs> then I went East London, yeah. say to my friend, everything was good. It was really good there. You know what I liked? Mm. My friend's mum, she included me. She, she made efforts to include me. As if East I London. <laughs> so I think that kind of gave me a little bit of hope because you know when you hang on to hope, you don't give up. When you're a dreamer, like, where you go, even if you're a bit down, when you go places, you're like, oh, wow, and the hope comes back. Yeah, it doesn't go. So it was that for me. It was like, oh, there are some nice people there, and I enjoyed it, you know. It was little things like she would get my little oyster card ready and put it on the table and leave it, and I oh, appreciate oh, little things nice. like that, you know. So it was nice, and it was nice to get that little motherly care again, even though she's not, but she was a good mother figure, and I went to college, and I remember that after a certain time, we, we, you know, as teenagers and we're young, we're all doing our own, we have our own interests. So I think I, I started to branch off and then I ended up getting my own place, which was an old street. Not far from there. Barbican, yeah, not far. And yeah, I felt even, even, because every time I'd run away or go somewhere from my, I'd feel like, yes, I'm here. Like, you know, it was mm. just a little goal for me each time to be like, yes, I got my own place, mm. got my own space. Only I could piss me off. So that I remember just thinking that only I can give myself problems now. And yeah, yeah it was that. And I was doing crazy stuff because I was working and I was very independent, never had no kids. So all my money was like, I'll take a taxi and go to Halsden for to Dreams. Yeah, yeah, or I'd dreams. go to Dorsten. Yeah. Uh, there was a little Where club. Where are you going to Dorsten Lane? Well, there's a downstairs, club downstairs. downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you, how the blood cry? A murder. So, the best place no, to go so in a there was that. Then yeah. you, had, you know about Geneva's. Of course I know about Geneva's. And Coconut Grove. Oh, and like, Coconut Grove. So you used to rave all around this. So you never see me in the clubs around in a hand, you know? Because I was young then. Right, so was young, I don't think I didn't see it. I just went with my you just, friend. Yeah, yeah. You was in your own little world. Yeah, I was just like... Me and you were yeah, probably in the same place. Probably, probably. Cross paths. But yeah, probably. Who knows? All venues, all, mm-hmm. of, the, all, all of them. All of them. Like, every yeah. week, I, I rave seven days a this week. Was this was like 2001 places. between 2002. Yeah, oh, oh I'm in, I know I'm locked up in Jamaica them times. So, <laughs> so probably that's why I never saw you because I'm thinking, how would I miss you it? Definitely would have seen you. Were, <laughs> yeah, 2000, I, I left December 2001 mm-hmm. and then I didn't come back to 2004. So you missed each other, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I got my own place. Yeah, I just remember, um. 
What happened after that? Because there was something that made me move back to Holsden. For some reason, I wanted to branch so out of the old street. My own place was in Barbican. Barbican, okay. Yes, yeah, nice. so I was in Barbican and I was, because I was always taking like taxis from uptown. then. Yeah, I just always take taxis back to where I was going parties and stuff. So I think that dragged me back there. So I ended up, for some reason, I rang because I always knew the roots of dealing with homelessness, what numbers to ring. Right. And yeah. I would always like talk to a place. I'll do a lot of research. So then I find out what's the closest one to them. So I rang them, told them, and then they, yeah, they took me on found me somewhere so I got a hostel yeah I got a hostel down them sides that was closer to where I was going partying because that was the focus at the time decent yeah of course you know, I love music and yes. I was dancing and you know I'm a good dancer Jamaican music and yeah I'll get my vibe on and it was just it was really good at the time I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie you know um, and I think I went through that phase 18, 19, 20 yeah mm-hmm. and then in that hostel just coming up to the part where I'm moving out of mm. that hostel because they have to stay there for like two, three years. Mm. I met my kid's dad just as I was getting to move on. I right. met him in a house party. I don't know why I meet guys in a house party, but <laughs> <laughs> so we just started dancing. Yeah, that was yeah. it. We didn't even talk or nothing. It was just like a house party and we was dancing. We just, yeah, he was dancing, I was dancing. I looked around and I checked to see if because okay. you'd be like in clubs like people would just come and dance with you you're thinking who are you dancing with so then I remember yeah. looking around and I thought it was alright and then I just carried on dancing yeah. and I remember one of my friends were just like recording it and it was a good night and I remember we exchanged numbers I think I was a bit drunk because I gave him he, I remember when he said I gave him my number but you then he left avert. no I left <laughs> I left off a digit <laughs> and I thought I gave On him purpose. the full number. No, oh, no, no. He was drunk. Because, yeah, I liked him, so I gave him the number, but then he guessed the number from one to nine. You're joking. Oh. Yeah, and you find it out. Yeah, 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 so, as you do. So when he told me, I was like, you like, like, he said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I saw in his coolest way, he tried the one, one two, three. three. Oh. And it was, was just it? funny. Hmm? What was it? What, the number? Yeah. yeah. It was actually seven. Oh, you had to go quite <laughs> far, didn't you? Yeah. Seven times. You just had to seven times. So he got it at seven, and he thought, I gave him a wrong number. He said, that's why he tried hard to get it, to think, why did you give me a wrong number? Because he's probably thinking, we had such a good time. Yeah, <laughs> and why gave... would you do that? But yeah. that would have been something that I would do, probably give the wrong number. But I think I liked him. He liked yeah. him, So I give the number. It's either I like you and I give the number, or I don't give you it. Don't. So yeah. that's yeah. just how... I stand on that. Do <laughs> <laughs> you still have the video of you guys dancing that you've made? Talk? No. Oh, oh no. we can put that out. I know. We can put that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. But then, yeah, I met, and then I ended up getting my place at the same time. So it was re- really weird how I'd met him, just got my first flat, and, you know, it's mine, and I felt like, oh, my God, and he held a party for me, a housewarming party for me at the house. And I'll it's never forget that it was one of the biggest parties ever that they were even talking about on the radio the next day. Wow. Oh, wow. Because I think he, he made food and he's, he's a chef, so he's really good at seafood and all of that. And everyone was just, like, eating, enjoying themselves and talking about, talking about this party. Was, and I was like, oh, my God, he kept the party for you. And everyone was just like... And it felt nice, you know, that, you know, meet someone and they're keeping parties for you and they're mm. just making sure they're taking you shopping and just giving looking you that nice... You, yeah, yeah, he was looking after me and everything nice. was good. And then, you know, I tried to have... Um, I always wanted kids. So I think after a year or two years of being together, I, um, I was thinking, how come it wasn't happening? How old are you at this point? I was, like, 21. Twenty twenty one, because this time, like, I met him around nineteen. So, no, actually, no. This is around when I was twenty, twenty one. Yeah, because when I was eighteen, I was raving and I was in the hostel. Mm. But by the time after a year or two and going back down those sides, you know, twenty twenty one, that was when I met him. Mm -hmm. And 
he had a big son, so I was thinking, why am I not getting pregnant? I ended up having my first baby girl, mm. you know, finally. Wow. And that's when I found out that, you know, he had another relationship and stuff oh, like that. Wow. Yeah, and it was just a crush again. And I'm like, what oh, the hell? How did you find this out? Well, a girl, rest in peace, she died. But I know she was the one that told me. Oh, it was wow. a dance hall girl as well. She was in her raves. And she said to me, she said, you know, because I think everyone was like, because she was so beautiful. She still is, my first daughter. She was like the prettiest baby ever. She was just so cute and so quiet. And everywhere I'd go, everyone would be like, oh my God, she's so gorgeous. So it would be compliments. And then the girl would be like, oh, she's so cute. You know, like he's, he's, I saw him in, in the club with someone and stuff like that. And that's when the first time I heard. But then when I heard, I started doing my own research, which is to look on the videos. Because those times, parties would be recorded. So they'll be on DVDs. So I wanted to see yes, from my that's yeah. Right, that's right. yeah you can get parties yeah. for like yeah, yeah, if you yeah, say yeah. the name of a party, yeah. you can, we can get go on the YouTube DVD. and find it. I yeah, find yeah. It. yeah, they're probably yeah, on YouTube now. Yeah. No, the dance hall raves. No, the dance hall. In the dance hall community, you, you got like video ropes and other video guys, they they <laughs> religiously go yeah. around to when every event. When you go to parties, they go around in yeah. events and then they sell Yeah, I could DVDs. show you so many events. And people yeah. would buy them. And they buy the DVDs. So we'd yeah. buy the DVDs after. Wow. Hence, like all the dance hall events. So even that's like Sting, saw, that's what, what from v- it's come from VHS tapes to DVDs, isn't it? Yeah, DVDs Yeah, DVDs more. I want to see one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, no, you can go on YouTube and yeah. just type in... Maybe you probably see the ones in Jamaica. But yeah, go on YouTube and you can find yeah. them. What, was, what was this one called that we're talking about? Yeah. Um, what, Where the one that he it? was in with the yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, All of you, is it going to be like trying to find it now? Yeah. No, but you know what? I don't think it was a specific party she told me about because it went. No. I just wanted to check the other one because if he's been to a, well, that one party, yeah. I'm sure he's going to be at another one That's because right. the, the dance hall parties would be the I used to know a lot of girls that used to do that. Cause what, like, go I, there? Yeah, I've no, I've been caught out on DVDs before. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when you when you guys are in there and girls are pushing up on you, it's going to be like, oh, get away. They're not going to say that. And then yeah. you always have girls that want to make it known that, yeah, I'm sleeping with your guy. Yes, that's do you know right. what I mean? That's so right. it's kind of like an yeah, ego thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, you do have some girls that they see that yeah. they want to They go break in the club up. to make trouble. Yeah. They go in the club to flirt, yeah, to flirt, to flirt with the guy Bumpy to make grind. the woman upset. But the thing is, yeah. my, my kid's dad yeah. and me, we were like, we used to keep parties and stuff. So in the community, we were known to be like to be together so someone trying to step in they would know that mm. he's got me and you know what I mean yeah. and it would just be they don't care but so, at that point you've got girls that are even trying to do it for that sake mm. kind of thing yeah. exactly. yeah. so what did you see on your surveillance tapes <laughs> well on the surveillance tapes I saw her not far from him mm-hmm. and that's when I knew but then when I asked it would be like denial but then I would see myself yeah you could tell but then the he energy. was hiding from the camera <laughs> well, paper bag or no, <laughs> he was just trying to like. Yeah. I could see him like yeah. kind of dodging yeah, because the camera. The camera. Because right. I can only imagine the camera was probably trying to be like yeah. really like. Yeah. Let me just show this because he probably knows that you know he's not meant to In be. In these events, because the cameraman will go around, he's got yeah, the video light, and not everyone likes. Cause not, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in the event. I used to go with friends. They'd be hiding in the corner the whole night. Yeah. I used to go with one mate, he'd be in the corner yeah. the whole night, and I'd be going there, and I'm there, he's, he's left me, he's in the corner, I had the whole night. Because <laughs> yeah. he don't want to be seen on the camera for X amount That's of why. reasons. But or then whatever, yeah. it was too late, because then I found out. And I think, when I found out, there was a big period where he was like denying it, denying it, and I kept catching him out. And it was just one of those things where I, it took me a while to let go from it, because I'm thinking this was like, I was anticipating having my child and everything was good. Mm. So you're not expecting that he's got someone else. So that's where 
I think my loyalty just went out the door. Mm. I was like, okay, then forget you. So it would be more where I didn't respect the relationship yeah. and everything. And I just looked at it as nothing. It was sad because I ended up having another daughter. So we made up and, you know, the girl... So you stayed, was, you stayed together? Though. Yeah, because yeah. Um, after a while he said, you know, he broke up with the girl and then we kind of sorted things out. We'd get back on track. Mm. And then I would have my other daughter... And it would just be that. So we'd be on and off, on and off. Mm. But because of the ties mm. from the was first he one. From birth? He was, yeah, from my first one. Second? The second, no. He got late. He got there late. Oh. And then the third one, he got there late as well. Oh, was it work? Yeah, he works. Um, he's a chef. No, but was it work while he was late? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not for dancing on DVDs. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think more when I get pregnant, those were happening. When my, yeah, when I had my first one. Oh, that's not very nice. Yeah, yeah. it's not nice. I, do you know what? I think the whole experience was just not nice. Mm. But do you know what? The best thing out of it was having my girls. And I think it was a mission where I'm going to have my girls either way. I, I, be, I became the mentality of my dad. I didn't really need you, really. I wanted my children. So it got to that because of the cheating. Yeah. So it wouldn't mm. be I'm tricking him or whatnot. It would be that you've shown that you're not the person for me. Yeah. But also... I do want my kids. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of been me and my kids and it's always been like that. And I think he, I heard more cheating stories after the second one. And I think that's when I was like, that's the final straw, I'm never going back to him. So I broke it off completely. And then when I broke it off completely, I found out I was pregnant with my third. Oh no. Mm. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kylie. Yeah. And I wouldn't change a thing because Kylie's just so amazing. She's like the Ooh. star of you know and when I say the star she's like she's just outspoken want to do this and a thing and want to come on mommy let's do this like a do it and she'll just randomly do these stuff and she's just full of life yeah. not that the others are not but they all have their different personalities of and course. I wouldn't change anything but it kind of made all the bad stuff that happened in the relationship worthwhile because I'm left with the treasures for a reason yeah and you're left with the treasures as a mum you know you spend more time with your children when you separate from the guy so it's kind of like this is what I've got from it and I try to enjoy them and now it's easy to enjoy them because they're such like yeah they're so proud of me and they show me support as well and it helps and they're grown now as well they're grown and you know my oldest is in high school my second one she's going to go high school this September no, you know, and they're all just so, they're so loving. No, that's really nice. Yeah. So you kick the dickhead to the curb. What happened mm-hmm. next? Um, after when we broke up, he, t- he didn't really take it well. He started spiting me, not giving me anything for the children. Like, literally, it would be like, it was almost like, if I don't, if I don't get back with you, then you're not getting anything. So it would be where I would struggle on my own. I would literally be on my own with my three kids because I wouldn't go back to this man. It would literally be withholding money, like not ringing or checking up on the kids. It was literally horrible. And a lot of people don't know that because everyone just sees him in the good light as keeping the kids when I was inside. But nobody knew the struggle I had leading up to going into prison because we were not together for two years before going inside. And those two years were horrid because there was times when I would have to you know, call and ask for things that I shouldn't be calling and asking, but because he wants this control and I I would have my independence. So it would be where you're independent, but you you need to call me and then I'd call and ask for things and that would be an argument. 
So after a while, it'd be like, I'll go get my fucking money myself. That's what what came out of it because I was so frustrated. So it it was just building up and it would just be like, well, I can deal with stuff myself. So I had my job. I'll never forget I had care work at the time. I was a care worker. And, um, yeah, having my own money. And then I... I had friends that were like drug dealing and stuff and you know I'd rant about him and they'll be like yeah man he's such an idiot and then I'll hear like people backing me up you know like saying yeah he's such an idiot and agreeing with me and I like that and those were like guys that I would if I wanted to like sell like drugs and everything they would give me to um, hold on that and I would get extra money. So it would literally start from money was handy wanting money and it yeah. was more for security because I think I had a loss for some strange reason because I didn't. I had, mon- I had my own money. I, had, I was always working. And I just remember, like, my ki- even my friends were saying the other day, a friend I had years ago, she said to one, because I'm telling her how simple I am now. She's like, to one, do you remember all these bags of clothing that you used to buy for the kids and the kids would have, like, all these shoe stands and it would just be that for me because I always was scared that they would never have. Mm. So I always tried to overcompensate. Of course. Mm. And if there was money, I would know I need to go and do the, Do you want me to, you know, hold stuff to... It was always like trying to get and money you, on the you side. You didn't have to rely on anyone for the money. Oh, hell no, yeah. because... <laughs> what I did get from certain family members, though, on mm. Facebook, which made me fall out with a lot of them, mm. they would often make comments, because I'd have, like, big parties for my kids. Mm. I remember having a big party for my first daughter. She was four. Right. And I hired, like, Hello Kitty... Oh, mascot and just made it nice for her and it was a nice big party and then I'd have family members be like oh so they'd, they, um, it's good to go to this party because so we're not feeding the whole town things like that because he was a chef so he'd cook so it'd be loads of food yeah. and options yeah. Yeah. it would be a lot would go yeah. hard you know yeah. and splash and all of that so yeah that's how we saw it it was like yeah it's my yeah, first daughter like I wish I could give her an airplane or something you know <laughs> that's how I'd think I mean I want to buy you the whole world but then I would get that little little vibe from my family members online jealousy so it kind of yeah. pushed me in a box where there's no support there because if you're criticizing how i'm loving my children you can't even show care as a family member but then you're criticizing how i'm loving them yes. so it's either you're jealous or you're just bitter so that kind of made me think oh to hell with you lot so really? yeah so it caused that division of being away from family and just more leaning towards people that would agree with me which is i.e friends and people that i would come across um, from time to time mm. and I think that kind of separated me and made me think like what the hell like it, it, you're angry that they're like this towards you but then mm. also you blame yourself I don't know why I used to blame myself a lot it could be because of the run it's all these things because you're thinking you're mm. not doing it to protect yourself you're doing it because you're horrible that's how you see it so that's how they made you feel and to, yeah let's talk up to the lead up to you going inside yeah and when was the first time you handled a weapon <laughs> I didn't handle. Busting, didn't didn't handle any. No, it was literally money. You were just, you were just looking. Yeah. At I was stuff just, get, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. literally being put away. So you know when people are like, oh, how can you have a gun in your house with your children? No, it wasn't like I know, it, I know. What you're yeah, doing. but you know what? I think it's important because, in a way, they are right to say that they've got a point. But no. then at the end of the day, how I see it, yeah, you can say that. How dare me? That's okay, I made a mistake. And there are mistakes that you make. Everybody makes mistakes. But it was put away in an attic, Mm. locked away, and there was nowhere that I could see that my kids could connect with it. And it was almost like it would leave and... Do you know what I mean? And I would get Mm. paid. Mm. So that's how I looked at it. It was wrong, but it was calculated. 
it was calculated and yeah. it's not and the night when I got um, let me lead up let me um, do leading up to that it was the time when I'm I think I was calming down a bit I started my business because which, which was my clothing boutique I started selling like hair extensions and, oh you were saying that yeah and I yeah. and because I got arrested I stopped it so I've restarted it now coming Excellent. back out That's what but I'm you know yeah. you know starting that I started my kids dad started moving funny and you know, like always get starting an argument. Oh, because you, you're making money now. It was that. It was those little comments. So I, I kind of saw that you you ain't the person to build a business with. I started becoming like that, thinking, Nah, you're not. You're not ready. Because I'm there saying you're a chef. You got a skill. Like I would literally ask because I would talk to people with shops, empty shops. I'd be like, Oh, do you want? Because you can keep parties and keep. And then I'd go to him, and it would be like some excuse. So I was frustrated. I thinking, Let me just do my business on my own and just get on with it. It was like that for a while, and then. Obviously, taking those, I wanted to get the things out of my house. So that night was when one of them had to leave, like to one of the guns had to. How many did you have? Two. Two. Yeah, that one was the big one that the guy came to pick up. I was at my friend with my kids, and because I was working night shift, their godmother had them that night. So they were staying with their godmother. I got the text because I told the guy that, I, you know, you need to get these out now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a job, I'm good. So you it was that. You was like, yeah. you don't want to do this. Yeah, no that was me right. exiting. So right. it was oh. finally he texted me and said, "Yeah, a guy's coming to get it." Right. Really and truly, they should just come and take it. But what it was, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Basically, um, <laughs> I got the text. I was chilling with the kids at my friends, mm. and literally the guy is on his way. Mm. So that was me knowing that the guy's coming to get it at my house. Mm. It was only one he was coming to get. Right. I never knew. So he took the one which was the biggest one with twenty-five ammunition. Right. And um, I never knew he was being followed uh, by Trident. Trident was following him. And funny enough, okay, don't laugh, but I saw a white van across the street. Yeah. I was like, are those your mates? Yeah, <laughs> he follows the mates. I was like, who are those people? He goes, oh, I don't know. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, okay, let me just not. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause like, he was confused. He, as well, no, he obviously. was probably thinking, like, my shark's. Like, you know what I mean? Well, if yeah. was it, he maybe he wasn't aware of. No, 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 he wasn't. That's the thing. It was just like one of those because it's like I lived near on the main road then. So, it was just so like there a was whole, cars yeah, would park. Known. No yeah, would known. so it could have been like a yeah. Sky yeah. work car. I don't know, works for Sky and yeah, you just yeah, parked yeah. his van. Yeah. But then it was Trident. Yeah. Can you explain to the viewers what Trident is? Trident is an operation, a police operation team where they hit people's doors down. <laughs> That's their <laughs> and, doors down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they, they're the ones that, they're like an operation for, team for, for, for like, for guns and that because when I looked, when, anyway. Probably came from my door. Yeah, tried an operation, they are very big and yeah. what it is, when the guy, he came in obviously without a bag and he left with a whole door bag so that sparked interest when he got in his cab. Funny enough, when he drove off in his cab, I looked at the van was gone so I just felt like, oh, okay, not Done. knowing yeah. that the van was following him in his cab. But your he house got... is already marked now. Yeah. Did and you know there was one, little, you one know. gun was left or did you think that he took the two? No, 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 no. I knew there was one left. Oh, because, yeah, was one yeah left. because yeah. I was a bit... I thought he came to get both, but it, I was told then that it was just one. Mm. Not knowing that it was just oh, a waiting not... game okay, to get to rid of get the, the other, other one. one. I right. just thought it would have just been one thing, one, one which yeah. would have worked out well for me if he yeah, took yeah. everything, but it didn't work out. So I got the money for the big one, put it in my fruit bowl, because yeah. it was written in my case notes, like... Money found in the fruit bowl. <laughs> and then, yeah, he got pulled over. I fell asleep 
in my I remember I'm not I was gonna actually go back to my friend's house because it was late I said no let me just let them sleep and then I'll just go there in the morning so I just went back to sleep if I left probably and gone then they probably wouldn't you know Mm -hmm. but I slept and then in the middle of the sleep (laughs) I heard a doorbell like someone put their hands on the doorbell like like really loud like you know when someone's hands is like pressed on there and it was Mm. just that loud noise continuous I was like what the hell because I'm thinking who would do that you know in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. when I looked out my window it was the whole of the whole uh, oh my god police everywhere there was big guns pointing up at me Mm. there was um, police in a vest there was police in normal clothes there was Different. I, I've never even known Colors. that wow. police were just in different kind of police clothing. They, they came for you. <laughs> yeah, and they, they had all these radios. The and then they were <laughs> shouting as well. And they were like, is this 108 me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, why? <laughs> I know. I completely, oh, don't ask. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? Because I'm just thinking, what the hell? Yeah. And that was a, I don't know why I thought that, because I know that there is one there, but I don't. I just didn't think that this would happen because there's no escape from this. They're all out there. What am I going to do? Chuck it in the back. No, there ain't no chuck. You can't. However, I could have done that to the cocaine, but I didn't. I put, it was wrapped in a cling film. How much? It was like a golf ball. It was that amount. It was like a, yeah. And then I put that in a coat pocket that was busted open, you know, like a big long coat pushed it in yeah I should because I never knew if they were around the house or at the back because I had a garden as well right. so the amount that I saw at the front I just think yeah there's no yeah because number one they're probably thinking well. who's jumping at the back because they, yeah, they were yeah, concerned yeah. with who else is no, if you see them at the front they're at the back they didn't <laughs> think that it was just me they thought yeah. there were other people of course of course so come ready. when they said that I just panicked I remember panicking put it in the coat yeah. pocket and um they told me to, um, is there anyone else in the property? And I said, no, it's just me. And I, I remember walking down the stairs to open the door. And then I opened the door and I went straight into the bar handcuff where the bar's there and the two holes. And I went, they just opened it and just went, is there anyone in the property? Really manic. Saw a big dog that looked like two wolves in one. <laughs> it was just like a lot going on. I felt Did like it was in a movie. In yeah. one? That's how big the dog was, because he was going up the stairs and he kept going. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what the hell? And even then, there was no reaction. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just thinking, I was just scared. And I froze, to be honest. I think I froze. And I literally was freezing because I was just in a a dress. like (laughs) So I was at the door. Doors open. They had me at the door in handcuffs. And I'm like, can I at least take my shoes? I started getting a bit feisty. Yeah. I was like, I'm cold. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, can, can I get some clothes? Because they didn't want me to go back upstairs. Well, you're so hardly going to be coat. happy with them, are you? And yeah, I don't know why I was annoyed. I was just annoyed that they come in and oh, do yeah. all this. And, of course you would be. And, yeah. and do you know what? I, yeah, I heard that they never had to come in. I gave them permission to come in because I don't think they'll have a warrant that quick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they would do. They would do try. Would they? Yeah, because they're found they, yeah. yeah. You see, when it comes to guns... I've had an experience in the past. They can get a warrant within 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I remember got told to sit in the car outside. It was a plainclothes officer. Female, preferably. So, I don't know. Maybe that was planned. I don't know. <laughs> so, she was, you know, obviously talking to me and stuff. And I was in the back of the car. And I just remember, like, the dog just going up. I'm thinking they're probably searching. And that was it. I remember getting... The police station wasn't far from me as well. My house was here mm. and I live on the main road and literally the police station is at the top of this road and do a bend down the road there. And so it's literally behind my house, behind... <laughs> so it's literally in my neighbourhood. Mm. And I got brought to the police station and I remember I was high as hell. 
because I was all cannabis up. <laughs> and when you sleep, yes, wait, when you be. smoke and, and fall asleep and you wake up from that sleep... <laughs> and the you, sober lick you. You're just like, yeah, and face the... Yeah. Well, not that. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, it was like that. Yeah. And yeah, it was just so terrible. So when you woke up in the cell, you mean? No, but then I got brought in and obviously they had to do the search. And they search you, you mean? I thought yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah no, because they're the giving yard. you clothes. No, they oh, have sorry. to search when you go in. They must search. They search you yeah. before they give you the clothes to put on, don't they? Oh. So they need to know what Did you got give on you. Clothes? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna say, yeah, yeah because, because because of the, the they're taking the dress as evidence. I think I think no, I think it's no, more they, that I'm half dressed and they have to give you suit. They have to because of what's going on here. They need to give you a thorough search before they even put you in. the No, cell, but it wasn't that thorough because I don't think they thought I had. Yeah, because some people had to like squat. I've never done that. Right. I yeah. never got to do that. So yeah. it just depends, I think, the extent. On the, on, on the vibe and what, yeah. how they're looking at the person. But Some people they knew what they were looking for. So They got what they why. wanted. They knew. No, they at not... this point, they haven't oh. searched yet. You have to remember, oh, they brought me to the station while they're conducting, conducting the search. Conducting the search. The other okay. one is hidden away. It's not just presented So you're at the, the station house. while they're still doing it. So when I got arrested and I went in, while they were like taking my phone, all these kind of stuff that they're doing, right. giving me the tracksuit and this thing that I hated... <laughs> and I just remember going in the interview room and I just I had a feeling that okay they're just going to come and say they found the other stuff I'm just I was just waiting at this point mm. so I knew they were going to say all these things and I remember getting questioned I was answering very weird I kept going because you know you look at your paperwork in in the prison when you get you look at your case notes what and stuff what were your charges at this point possession of um firearm mm. for sale or transfer because they found the money in the fruit bowl, right. and they found the one that the guy took. So right. when they saw him coming in the house, it's, it's pretty clear to them that this was the base. something was taken and money was left. So it would be that to them. So it would be possession, and then it wasn't for the one that left. It would be the one in the house and the drug. So at this point, it was that it got led into conspiracy. And the coke? Okay. Yeah, because that was just at the time. Right. Never knew that I was just a little fish in a big operation. Right. There was a, a bigger thing going on of course and i just got caught up in the middle because there was a big investigation going on with all different people and i got joined my case got joined to that because of the person that used somebody's phone to call me that night right funny enough and you know what and i can honestly say now that i bloody didn't know the guy Mm. The guy's phone mm. that yeah. called me. I knew the guy that I spoke to because he texted and said the guy's coming. Mm. But I'm just saying the you number know the guy that came. No, the right. number that texted my phone. You can't tell a police that you don't know a person that texts you from their phone, no, right? You can't. No, no. It was somebody else using that person's phone to mm. communicate me, with me. Mm. So I can't say I'm not, in, you know, so that's where the conspiracy. And yeah, I was looking yeah, at 12 yeah. years. Your, your conspiracy of knowledge. Yeah, no matter what I'll, you do, your conspiracy of knowledge. I was looking yeah. at 12 yeah. years and that's when shit was just like, I started getting scared. Are I started thinking, um, then people started telling me it's a year of bullet. And hearing about the 25 ammunition, I was just like, what? So it was that, and feeling like that, and I think it tired me out because I fell asleep in the cells. You know, I'm supposed to be in there, like, worried, and I know I literally fell asleep. We felt peace. I don't, I don't even know what the I was feeling. Overloads, the brain yeah, overloads. The brain overloads. It just I'm not, and then, knocks you out. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to wake up from a dream. I literally craved thinking, 
I could feel it in myself, what, you know, what happened, but then I think, let me just be a dream. Mm. And I woke up and saw a phone Crime Stoppers mm. above my head. So mm. I was like, saying a dream. Real. And then, you know, I remember this policeman, he's from the Caribbean, and he said, darling, you want tea? Or something? And I remember him just offering tea, and I was like, yeah, offered me a cigarette, you know, made me smoke and calmed down a little bit, which helped. And... You know, there was a duty solicitor that came and told me to say no comment. And that was too late because I was just trying to defend myself in the interview, not understanding the no comment thingy. I did not anticipate any arrest, by the way. I was not cut out for that because I literally should have said no comment to certain things. And I was trying to give an explanation, defending myself, you know, trying to give some makeup stories about... I met the guy somewhere and he just came and I never knew what he took. You know, you try to make up stories, but then he's 16. So I had to be careful what I'm doing because I tried to make it out like we met as friends. And then when it was disclosed that he was 16, I was like, oh, Oh, and then I had to change the story now because he's 16. What the hell? Did you know he was 16? No, 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 because I don't know him. Someone sent him to pick up. So you're hardly going to figure out his age. No, I don't. Yeah, you just don't know. You can see he's young, but you just don't know how young. And when guys are like really tall, it's kind of hard yeah, to like, yeah, pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have pick. been early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know how they arrested him? They stopped his cab. They followed him, pulled him over on the high street, because I read it in the paper. I pulled him over on the high street, found the weapon, and then came straight down to me. So I think he got arrested on the high street, and then they came down to me, and that was it. And I think they just, yeah. And that's when they found everything in there. And he goes, we just found... I remember the guy coming in, I'll never forget... And he showed the guy the paper, and I knew it was a picture of something that mm. they found in the house. And I think that's when they asked me about the revolver. Mm. Yeah. It was, you know, when you got these high wardrobes, the revolver was at the top, at the back. And for some weird reason, I thought they wouldn't find it because it's tucked in at the back. <laughs> Don't ask. Yeah, I just think, yeah, it's tucked away. So I ain't going to find that. You know, because yeah. remember, I haven't touched these things. Like you The, know, ro- the revolver be all right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And the coke. The coke was found in the coat pocket, which they wrote down and said they found it. Funny enough, all the forensics came back and nothing connected me to it. So if you'd got no comment, you could have well got away with this. No. no. Because what a lot of people don't know is possession, which I learned now, because <laughs> I'm and I'm designing workshops to help young people to let them know about these laws, you know joint enterprise and Mm. all these stuff is serious stuff because possession it doesn't matter if it belongs to Aunt Mary or Uncle Joe if you're you're found in possession which is where you are there's nothing to get you out of it because it's found found in your possession so somebody can come in and put something there and if the police come in here I hope they don't (laughs) I'm just giving an example like you cannot even be aware of it Yeah, I'll be guilty of it it's my place I'll be guilty there That's you go. Right. So no, there was a, a lot of people were like, oh, you could have this and you could have that. They can't get away from possession because it was found in my possession. So, so be careful. Just, there's a yeah. big M16 underneath the, the sofa. That's all right. I don't want you to hurt your, hurt Next your leg. Next to Bummer Wars cookies. Listen, yeah, I'm still on license. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got no. cookies in it. Cookies. Almond and cherries. <laughs> yeah. So what facility did you go to after the interrogation? Um, I got brought to Hendon, I think. Was it the court? Yeah, I applied for bail because okay. that's what I kept stressing to this judge. legal. Did you get yeah. bail? No. 
Well, then I realised that you don't get bail with firearms no, because there's an investigation. Anyway. And it's not even that. There was a thing, like, I, I, I wasn't aware at the time, but there was a big operation going on mm. with people speaking up. There was a guy that spoke about, you know, told the police oh. about where the firearms were. All these things were happening oh, without my knowledge. So then. there was a lot of things involved. Mm. So, yeah. Can you remember what was said at the bail hearing? Um, it was just basically the charges read, were read out. And bail was just denied because obviously the prosecution would say what they need to say to say they, sh you know, they sh shouldn't give me bail because they don't know what's happening with Miss Blake. They don't know how involved Miss Blake is. They tried to put in as much so I wouldn't get the bail. So when they refused the bail, never forget the solicitor I had, David. He was really awesome. <coughs> you know, um, I got brought to Holloway. Holloway? Holloway. I've done a few talks. Yeah, Holloway, yeah. Yeah. And that was the year Holloway was closing. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I went in there January and he closed the march. Shit. So you yeah. was there for the grand closing. Closed it. I know. <laughs> I ended up closing it. Closing it. And, and 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 I found my Bible that I've got now in there, the pink wow. one. What was it like arriving at Holloway? Very scary because I didn't know what to think. I heard so much stories about prison mm. and you, you know, and that's how I. And that's, Holloway, that's, Holloway's that's what taught me how. People look on prisons as well. Mm. It, it gave me an advantage because I know how prisons looked at growing up. Yes. That would be the last place you'd think you'd end up. That's right. And number two, Caribbean people take those places very serious. There's a lot of people in there that actually don't tell their families that are in other countries because of how much going to prison is, is. I, I tried to express yeah. that as it's, well, yeah. yeah I, it's I deemed that. as, like, yeah, the, the worst, worst rock bottom, the worst and if you go yes. there, you're just going to come out as shit. Yeah, come out as shit, You're not just yeah. going... This is... You don't yeah. even know, like, it's I know all the, yeah. the all the perceptions, all what people used to say. In and Jamaica, I, it's crazy. I used to be a part of it as well, because I don't know no better. You know, you grow up and think, oh, I won't go to prison, are you crazy? And things like that, you make comments like that, but then... Going in there, I had all that on my head, so I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm just going to get beat up now. Or, I don't know, oh, she looks scary, oh, my God. Like, it mm. was that in my head, but then I put on a front. Yeah, you never let them know your fears, you no. know? So I'd Can't go show in, no weakness. And then someone asked me for a cigarette, and I'd be like, I don't know, I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to give him, <laughs> But I didn't want to seem too cool because of the you things you hear. You like a walkover. Yeah, yeah so yeah, they yeah, interviewed yeah. me, asked me questions, they were filling out stuff. And I think I went along with the process. It was almost like a little adventure. You know, it was almost like another little adventure for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I was scared, I was thinking mm. it was just something that was very... I was curious as well as scared. Mm. So I think it helped me to, you know, hmm, okay, and talk to people. Even mm. in the beginning, the girl that asked for the cigarette, and, you know, I sat down and she was just like... I can't remember what she was saying, but she was very, like, aggressive and mean. But then she spoke really calm to me. It's almost like she was like, are you okay? Mm. And I, I respected that because mm. I thought that she was probably going to be like, oh, I'm a new person, so come I'm here. Or, try to bully you. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, I don't know, but she was really nice. Yeah. And I was thinking, she was just probably in the same way, like she's got to be tough, but at the same time, yeah. she's... Yeah, she's who knows? And then, yeah. then she sees that you're kind of cool, and she... That's what yeah. it is. Cause, yeah. um, you you know, meet good people in prison. There's good people yeah. everywhere, man. It's just like the place makes you put on that front, doesn't yeah. it? You have to. So I think talking to her... It kind of helped me to ease in a bit. And then they give you your clothes, make you go in, in the shower. There's like a room that you go in where you have to do your shower and they give you everything. It's like a pack, you know, like a welcome pack. Welcome <laughs> pack. You go in a hotel and they give you like a little starter pack thingy. It's like Butlins. Yeah, so, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it would be the, I'd never forget, the grey tracksuit 
was it grey yeah. or something? Yeah, because, yeah. And flannel, you had your little toothbrush thing, everything that you <laughs> needed, necessity. Yeah. Everything, really. Sorted. And plates, a bowl, you get your cutlery, mm-hmm. you know, it would be like you'll you, you get your, basically they give you tobacco. So wow. when you get your money sent in, it will be taken automatically because you get given a free um, tobacco pack or a cigarette mm-hmm. pack. So you get that, you collect your Rizla? thing. and No. Oh, <laughs> no, but the, but the tobacco would have the Rizla in the pack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. come with it. Brilliant. Yeah. Sorted. And I, I just said that would be a tease, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no Rizla. You'd have to chew it, wouldn't you? Like, use a couple of Bible leaf. <laughs> Funny enough, I've that, heard that. A lot of people yeah, um, I, use I, all no, kinds I, of I've leaves. Been I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, at the back of the Bible, there's some blank pages. So you didn't actually rip the actual... No, 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 the blank ones. No, you don't. He was half uh, Mexican-American, he was was very religious, he was like, forgive me, forgive me, Lord, for what I'm about to do. No, no, I do the back, but no, I mean, I do the one with the ink on it. At the back is some, and the thin one, you know, the small Bible them, and you've got the thin pages at the back. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking, yeah, because it's quite sticky when you look at it. I've never done it by the way, but can I just imagine the, the quality yeah, of it? No, the quality is quite thin and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it works. And I've seen people like they do it and okay. it just makes you think like, you probably think like, yeah, God's going to deal with them different. <laughs> Listen, I got a whole outlook on how God thinks. Half of the things that people think God cares about, he doesn't. No, he, he just, judge he just digs your heart. He, he just wants to know what your intentions are and that's it really, how I see it. You know, so all these other things, I think, oh my God, and all this guilt and stuff. It's all gone. Of course. You've got your welcome pack. Mm-hmm. And then you do get a cell assignment. Um, well, yeah, because we're the new people. We were left for when people get locked up. Like, you know, time for everyone to go in. That's the time they get us into our room. So they wouldn't just bring us in there. Mm. They were kind of cons- considerate, I think. They, mm-hmm. You know, because, <laughs> you know, th- you know, you'd think that they're going to bring you on the wings where everything's happening and all of that. But it wasn't that. It was literally the low key wing, very quiet. And everyone was asleep. So, because I got there, I think, in the evening time, six, seven. So by eight, lock up, or half eight, you're getting escorted upstairs to your room. So I remember going in this room, blank room, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I was, the, the thing hit me again. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it hit me again, seeing the room. Can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm literally in prison. And I just, I started thinking, like like so stupid like what have you done like you just literally gave them everything that they put on you you literally just played into what they wanted for you even though you're trying to run away and that's what I was saying to myself and that's how I felt as well I I kept feeling yeah this is rock bottom blah 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 and I just remember just um hoping that I, I was looking forward to bail that was the only thing I was hanging on to did you sleep well that night I don't think I did I would sleep and then I would wake up now, Does sleep. you have a cellmate? So you're on remand at this point, obviously. Yeah, I'm yeah. on remand. But the room, I remember just the bed in the corner. It was like a table there. And uh, put my bowl, everything, sugar. You get cereal pack. You get tea pack. So you get your little sugar, your little tea, and everything else, like, what you need. So like, you can make tea. There's a kettle <laughs> in the corner. And, yeah, I just remembered that the blankets on there, because in Holloway you had these orange blankets. It was kind of like, you know, those orange, little, you know? Yeah, it was bright orange with the tiny holes. You know, those little woolly Oh, yeah, yeah, like the woolly ones there. I know the yeah, ones you're talking about. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot of people know about the orange. Yeah, they're old school. They're quite warm. <laughs> yeah, they are quite. They're not but, quite blankets, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just that on the bed, and it was just like, I didn't sleep. I definitely didn't sleep. And it made me miserable the next day because there were some people walking around with, like, leaflets 
you know, religious like stuff, Christian and scriptures and all of that. Mm. And they knocked my door. No, they knocked the door and was like, and I was like, um, yeah, because I saw them coming. So I was like, um, I'm not religious. Can you just keep walking, please? No, I don't want your paper. Angry and th- that was it for a while. And and I think they left and but they, I think they just chucked it on there anyway. I uh, just pissed off and went back on the bed. I just remembered like smoking my tobacco like nonstop. I just kept smoking. I'd finish one and then I'll start another yeah, one. So every time I was thinking, I would just be smoking while I'm thinking. Yeah. Because that would hold my nerves. I would probably be there just shaking like this. Mm. Because I was angry, confused, and I feel like I let my kids down. It's not a nice feeling when you think you let your kids down because you actually went to get your kids and you wanted your kids. And then to know that you put yourself in those positions and you end up in there, it was not a nice feeling. But, but when I, when I, um, I remember laying back down after smoking, I was thinking, oh, okay, my head's hurting now. Mm. <laughs> and I went down to sleep. And I think I woke up the next day, started to tidy up. Don't know why. Just started to tidy up. Mm. Nothing to do, <laughs> and, you know. And then I picked the paper up that the woman dropped, and um, I turned it round. And I think I read a scripture on it that said, um, "Cast your anxieties on Him, for He cares for you." And I think um, I nearly dropped the paper, and something just happened inside me. It's almost like I just straight away believed what it was said on the paper. And I don't know, it's like someone lit a match. I said this on Delinquent Nation as well. It's almost like someone lit a match inside me instantly and I started putting up the paper. <laughs> they had like toothpaste. I don't know if you've heard of it, but we put toothpaste on the back of papers, mm. put it on the wall, That's it sticks. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's on the blue tap. But I needed it up so I can see it because see it. I liked the feeling it gave me when I read it. So I wanted to always look at it because that was the only thing I would... You know, it's funny when you're in survival, yeah? Any little thing you grasp that gives you sort of a soothing, like a Band-Aid covering mm. a wound, mm. you would want to keep that there for a while. You'd want to read it for a while because it's, it's doing something for you. Don't, but I didn't know what it was doing at the time. We said in a recent podcast, didn't we, that people read anything in prison, mm? literally yeah. anything. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it would be things that... The smallest thing becomes the It's the, the healing that you want because yes. we're unaware of what we want inside. We're just mm. feeling all these things and doing all these things, but the body knows, I think, on some level. And I think when you have a read or you talk or you speak, that yeah. it connects with whatever's yeah. reaching out. And that's how I looked at it. Definitely. And I think from then, my faith triggered. Mm. Started, you know, got pray, started praying. Yeah. Praying a bit more. And the prayer brought me comfort. Really strong. Started dreaming things, you know. Started like reading scriptures and I would dream they were acting out. Never, I know I've never shared this before. I'd literally dream the scriptures being acted out. Wow. Like I'd dream a scripture saying, you know, accept the Lord, build a house, you labor in vain and stuff like that. And I would literally be dreaming of houses and seeing what we think is God. And I would see that and I would just wake up feeling like, oh, let me go call my kids. I just always used to wake up feeling energized. And mm. I'd, yeah, and the more I read the Bible, the more. I would feel my faith like coming back like to one of you not alone because I've always felt alone. So when the alone feeling was going, I liked it. Of course. You know, and people were like on my wing because they found cannabis on me. I was on a wing where a lot of people smoked. So it would be like you're around people that, you know, had a hard life Mm. and they were caught up in a lot of things. And then you sit there and you, you know, you're listening and you just start talking to people and that's how it, you, you start you kind of start not adapting but you just start to okay this is my surrounding mm. you know and the only time I'd get a free little space when I speak to my kids 
And I remember calling them for the first time and talking to them, and they're like, Mommy, where are you? And stuff, and I'd be like, A college. college. Got work. I got work, and I got sent to. I tied in work and college, and I'd use them like, you know, because they are used to me working as well. So it would be believable to say work. But then I, I don't know why I said college. Not college. It'd be like a college work thing. <laughs> so it, I, would, I would mix up, I would mix up both and just t- tell them that each time. And, and then another bail hearing was coming up because that's what I would look forward to, tell my solicitors, get my next bail hearing. The next bail hearing now, they refused it, but I never got brought back to Holloway because everyone that was going court, because they were closing, yeah. you'd never get brought back. So I was there for like a month. And then I went court and all my clothing and everything I got sent in in my room. I never knew that I had to bring everything to court. So it's crazy that I got transferred to Bronzefield. I don't know if you know Bronzefield. So, no, what, before you jump to Bronzefield, what was it like meeting your neighbours for the yeah, first time in Holloway? Um, the neighbours in Holloway, I got put into a dorm after. Because after you leave oh, that wing, yeah, cool. after you leave, that's when the real fight started. Mm. because. Really? Yeah, because in a dorm, you, you have, like, five different That's personalities. Right. Yeah. And one's, like, I remember this lady, she was, like, she was Irish. And she was, like, she worked in the garden. And she was, like, proper, like, manly. And, like, mm. yeah, and always the one that will come back and say, here you go, here you go. She wanted to be the don, you know. Mm. And, yeah, I've got this and I've got that. So she, you know, she was that. Mm. And then there was another person there. And she was, like, really friendly. But then over time, you wouldn't see those personalities. Over time, when people saw me reading my Bible and doing things, they'd be like, oh, God, and all of that. So I'd get that. Mm. And it would just be a mixed feelings with people. But I did meet a lot of nice people there. Were they telling you what they were in for? Yeah. What kind of things? Um, fraud. People tell me they were in fraud, violence. Someone was in there for, like, stabbing up her partner what? and stuff. Yeah, she was um, drunk. And I think she, yeah, she was still, yeah. But um, I think he was in hospital, so I don't think he died or anything. So it was a kind of a waiting game for her. So I think hearing other people's stories as well distracted me a lot. And, you know, telling my friends what I needed, you know, my clothing. You know, I wanted my clothing and stuff. And even though it might be materialistic, but those are the things that comfort me over the years. Yeah, my stuff that I bought. And to feel normal again. I wanted to feel normal. And I thought that the clothing and all these stuff would make me feel a little bit normal. And I wanted that. So I think all those stuff were coming in. You know, I had a little money sent in. And then I started hearing more people's story. Um, I came across um, a girl that I used to see before, but then I've nev- we've never spoken. And she became like a, you know, a good friend in there. And we started talking about certain things and stuff like that. Started going to like Bible meetings and Bible studies to study the Bible more. I just think I became more with my faith. But then I got to find a lot of things that all the things that growing up that we were scared to do and think that God's going to sin you. It just completely took off all of that. It's almost like Jesus is cool. (laughs) <laughs> like he's the coolest guy ever because all these things that you brought up to think, oh, you have to be this and you have to be, those are people's perceptions and those are cultural rules. And I applied those in my, to me, to myself, which made me attack myself a lot and thought that I was doing wrong when I wasn't. So it cleared up my vision. So with that, and it was just a beautiful connection. It would be like I'd feel comforted and, um, and I'd have hope, I think. It gave mm-hmm. me hope. Yeah, and when you have amazing. hope, things, a lot of things spring from hope. Definitely. Was, was Rose West or anyone like that in there? Any really serious... No, but I did hear stories. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I did hear stories about Rose West and I, I think we watched... There was a documentary, I think, going on at the time and there was a protest as well outside. Because, right. you know, they protest a lot at, at Holloway with for women and Anne Frank. Do you know about Anne Frank and all that? Anne Frank, what, um, the Jew? I don't know if she was a Jew, but I just heard... Yeah, she was killed by the Nazis. Yeah, and, yeah. Went to the Anne Frank house. And so we hear all these stories and they would do, like, days, event days and featuring all these... So I never knew about all these stuff and it was just happening when I was there. And I met people that were just like, I think they were snorting pills. That was the first time. Yeah, that was the first time I, my eyes got open to people actually smashing pills, yeah. crushing them. And was it Boscapan or Boscapan? And then it was a trend. Like people were just like, oh yeah, it's just Boscapan. And all I was thinking, okay, it was like a normal thing. And you know, my eyes were just opening to all these things. And they're like, what? You never tried Boscapan? And it would always be like, I'm left out of the cool group because I've never tried Posca Pan and all of that. So it would be that for a while and it would be in association room where everyone's just like chilling and trying to make the best of it, playing a little music and mm. it, all of a sudden it just doesn't seem that bad. But then when you remember that you're away from your kids, so I'd be enjoying myself, but I would be so... I remember just feeling really, 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 really horrible inside. Mm. So I think the challenge was to manage that horrible feeling. Because, like you said, you, you know, self-sabotage. Yeah. I've, I've done it a lot of times and not even realising I was doing it because of the choices I was making. I was literally trying to, you know, turn on myself. Yeah, yeah, even if people were horrible to me, I would literally turn on myself because of what people were, you know, how people were treating me. I would literally blame myself because I was blamed a lot for things. So I joined in. So you kind of yeah, you know? adopted that from early. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's when I started to get to, looking back, I'm, you know, that's how you get to know yourself, mm. from the things you were doing. Of course. You, you realise that. You what you was doing wrong. Yeah, you realise. why you was doing it. Yeah, and, mm. and it kind of fixed me and let me know who I want to be around. Yeah, of course. Because if I'm the person that draws in what people say and do. Because if you're around this sort do, of thing and then you end up doing that, then you're not going to be yeah. around that. Yeah, and I yeah. want a person, I'm a person that I want to have my own mind. That's right. And, you know to do make choices for myself that mm. make me feel good that actually make me feel good not just to sugarcoat pain or you know what I mean and I think yeah I went through that a lot in Holloway a lot of personalities a lot of people becoming really defensive towards me as well mm. was um, it in Holloway the women were hitting on you or was that in Bronzefield um no it was in Send no in Bronzefield it started I started yeah I started seeing like cute girls in Bronzefield what but I think it? it started in Send Right. You get that everywhere, though, don't you? You can get that anywhere you go. What, in, in, in the prison? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think most prisons, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so were they hitting on you, or did you say you started seeing... No, no, no. They were hitting on me because, obviously, I'd, I'd look on it where I always had a, t- a lot of attention from men. So even though... I would like flirt with I know, girls on the outside. On you. I yeah, thought you said, yeah. "Hey, sorry, no, you were hitting not on hate, me." Yeah. Oh, you must have got yeah. loads of that in there. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. But then in the beginning, I didn't know what to do with it because, like I said, I had a perception of prison as well, right. and I don't think it went straight away. So it wasn't like a thing like I was flattered. What kind of things would they say to you? Um, no, they wouldn't. Come, they wouldn't walk up to people like on like on a date or or approach people on the road. That, that's not how it. Yeah. They would kind of like start talking to you first. They'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" And it would be that. It would be normal conversation. Yeah. So I think it's just feeling you out. Yeah. And then yeah. when you start seeing so like, the same person, yeah. no, the same person just always like approach around. approaching you from somewhere. Say we're walking like association time and everybody's going somewhere, yeah. and the person that always comes because I think I just went in and I was quite like really stushy stushy. <laughs> 
yeah. and stuff. And, and I think that they dig that. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, so there was a few girls that started doing that and I started getting attention from that. But I think I liked, like... I like the attention and I think I missed that kind of connection that I had because I, you know, I was actively dating on the outside and to start getting attention from them, I liked it. So it, was, it would be that. And then I battled with me and my faith with it because in our faith, mm. you're kind of, that's wrong and you're going to hell and all these things that people say. So there was a battle for me then and God still was helping me. And he was still just doing all these miracles. And I was like, what the hell is this man doing? Because I'm here with girls. And I'm just trying to just, I'm just trying to say, I'm doing all these horrible things. But then he was getting me to talk to these people. And it was just different. All the stuff that I was feeling, I wanted to pass on to other people. And it would just be like, what am I doing? So I'd question myself. So even when I would like talk to people that were struggling, I would not believe in myself that I was doing something good. Were you, like, tempted? Because, like, after five years, some of the trans prisoners where I was at, you start to think... <laughs> you know, about the possibilities. What? About the what? Of things. <laughs> Going trans Having a relationship in prison with someone. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have that, yeah. I yeah. had a feel, but yeah. I, didn't, I don't think I wanted to be trans. I just wanted to be me. No, what I'm saying is, I, myself, mm-hmm. experiencing trans prisoners that look like women... After five years, trans prison. Right, <laughs> there's no trans prison though. Trans prisoners. Yeah, trans prison. I'm bringing the hole here. I'm bringing the hole here. You have to go on the trap. You get the trap. There are prisoners. Sorry, there are prisoners who cut the parts off where I was housed who look like women. Oh, transvestite prisoners. And after so many, they wouldn't classify themselves no, as transvestite. transgender. They basically yeah, got their parts sorry. removed. Because I remember <laughs> someone in, in, in... Parts removed. No, no, no. Basically, in Sen, there was somebody had the book that had that showed you the transition. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and, 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 and he, he wanted, he wanted the to prison. remove. They do it themselves yeah. in, in the, the prison. prison. No, you can apply. And they look, you can apply. Where I was at, they do it themselves. This is all news and, to me. And they, no, and they look like nicer. women. The women they look like women. They've got like perfume on and they look but like how women. How is it? Women and men, women, women and men don't go. Because in Arizona, what you're born yeah, you know. with is where you go. So if you're born with a dick, you go to the men's prison, even if you cut it off. Oh, you're joking yeah. me. So what I was saying Really? Because in sense, there was men in there with their parts. You've been there so long. That's what you said. So they find a tough boyfriend. The trans prisoners find a tough boyfriend. Otherwise, they get brutalized. You're looking at Sean in a different yeah. light now, aren't you? So what I was saying to you was, you know, I'm a heterosexual man. I've been in there for five years. Yeah. I'm kicking it with some of the trans are talking to me and coming on to me. And you do start to think of the possibilities. <laughs> My question to you was, did you start thinking of the possibilities of having a relationship with another with woman? A woman? Yeah. 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 Did you go as far as to do anything? What, in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had relationships. I, I think that was what I got in trouble mostly for, was relationships, was relationships. yeah. Because ev- everything, <laughs> every act is illegal, isn't it? Like, any sex act or... Any, you have to declare it. Yeah, even, okay. mas- even masturbation. Even it. masturbation is illegal in, 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 oh, in America. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's not, no, not yeah. in there. But the thing is, yeah. um, basically, you can get married 
I saw marriage. I saw a girl like literally coming down in her dress and her gown. Oh, and, shut up. And the other girl was there and they organised it because they're lifers. Lifers is different. It's different oh, yeah, for people that serve in a sentence. When you're a lifer, you get, you get a lot of privileges. No, yeah. they got different privileges. Privileges, of course, mm. that's the word. Sorry. They got so they can declare their relationship. Uh, yeah. They can spend time together. Yeah. They can, you know, do things. But other people, if you get caught, then that's inappropriate. You can it's called okay. inappropriate something. Yeah. So. so did you have to if you got in a relationship then, did you have to keep it secret? Well, it never is never kept a secret because for some people reason would people would know of my course. business. <laughs> and um yeah, and I think it was always shown. But then I would have flings. I wouldn't have like proper relationship because for for a minute there it was just like missing the whole like dating and it was just like another world. When you go in prison, it's like an, another world, you know. It's like you're putting on your clothes on weekends and we're having little parties and everyone's flirting and who's like that you know what I mean so it would be that and then when someone new comes like in so I, I, you know everyone would be the new me at one point and then <laughs> everyone wants to you know see you and stuff like that and then yeah it just yeah it just got but if we have cameras everywhere how like yeah but that's the thing not everywhere camera is and you're allowed to go in people's cell it's okay, just that yeah. so you know, where the cameras are, time, you know where the cameras are yeah no it's the thing where the cameras only show the landing it doesn't right. show in the rooms. So you can do whatever you want. So you can do whatever you want. And also, in, in Send, like, it depends on what prison, because Send was quite open. It's an open, like, garden and pond, and it was just very, like, airy and space. You can walk around. There's a gym there. It was c- kind of like an open floor plan, like, really big. Mm. So people would be out and, you know. Mm. Yeah, I've spoken at Send a few times. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, and when I was speaking to the women, oh, I was an absolute riot. I was one, it was probably my favourite prison to speak at. Send is really all right. Yeah. Because have you been down to the enhanced wing? Because the enhanced wing, a lot of people think that I was locked up. I wasn't locked up. In We, we were open because this is like good behaviour. Prisoners, when you earn a certain point, you get to move down there. So you're open all the time and you only go behind your door at 10. But you're not locked, technically, and you can come out by 6 so I was brought through and then put in the figures the library area. Oh, okay. But when they all come in, the, I, I thought they're they're a couple. Them, they're a couple. Of them. What library? Some were like the more top bunch. library. People watching like a, the prisoners. Yeah, at all times people like, watching guessing prisoners. Guessing if they were together or not. No, I was doing that. Yeah. Right. So there was like I'd see a bunch lesbian with mm-hmm. like a. A female one. Yeah, it looked like they were a couple sat together. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 like that now, you definitely know that they're, rela- they're in a relationship. Because yeah. the they wouldn't hide it, most of them. They'd be like, when you get called to your room, you'd see one waiting at the gate for the other wing. Mm. For You know they're waiting for their partner. Mm. So it would always be like that. Everyone would know. Would there be a lot of late night room shifting? You can't, get in, you can't get in and out of people's cells at night, can you? Well, on the... The, the enhancement that I'm telling you about. Ah. <laughs> Some of that goes on, but... <laughs> Late night. Yeah, Late you know? Yeah. But, yeah. On the, up, the, up, the top bit, where you have like people that are locked in at eight or seven, they just have up till eight. Better things are going wow. on. But the enhanced wing, everyone's most... Is that why they call it enhanced? No. <laughs> it's enhanced because people that are working, go, you know, going out and coming, you know, you can work and go out and come in. So people that live on the, yeah, that does that. So they'll literally be ready to go out. It's a resettlement wing, it's called. Wow. So you said you got in trouble for this. How did you, how did you get caught? Um, it would be like officers that target me because then my attitude would actually trigger a lot of officers. Not, I'd think the way I am because I'm not really like depressed or wanting help from them. 
So I was kind of like independent with that because I don't know why. I always thought why certain officers would pick on me. Mm. And that's the only thing I can think of because they would be nice to people that need them more. Right. And I would just be doing me. And I'd just be like, you know, have you a girl. Do you see any corruption within the officers? Oh, yeah. I see office, like, officers have relationships with um, prisoners. Is that male or male. female or female or both? Male. I mean, I even heard that one got fired. I saw this one. She's really cute, by the way. Like, a cute officer. I was thinking, oh, she's so... Fr-. Like, have you seen um, Orange is the New Black? Yes. Okay, you know the one that's got the jet black hair with the tattoo? Yes. That one. There's an officer yeah. that looked like her. Oh. And, yeah, everyone was just like, oh, my God, she's so fit and stuff. I heard she got fired because she got in a... Pr- like, she got one of... One of the prisoners was just doing dancing for her. Oh, in the was room. it naked dancing? I don't know, it might be. We've heard about this in the podcast but, recently, yeah. haven't we? I, I, uh, <laughs> like Mel, go-go come back and then, isn't it? like, you used to dance at night? It's that, it's, what, for, yeah. really? So it's just like <laughs> a normal thing then? I had one of my neighbours, a guy, <laughs> oh my. he was in a relationship with the female guard, and I didn't believe it. And my one of my co-defendants was his uh, cellmate. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, I was like, nah, nah. He goes, well, at night, like, at midnight, go, you know, go to the front of the cell and look yeah. out the window. And he stands, oh on, he stands on his toilet and dances naked for her while she's up in the fishbowl looking, looking down. And do you know what? Do, do, you, know, do you know how bored people get in there? I'll, I'll, I believe you. Because the things, like, literally, I remember a girl used to just dance for the other girl that lives opposite. Yeah, why not? Because, you know, when you open the flap and they open their flap. They quite yeah. entertaining yeah. each other, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So they were probably oh, yeah. entertaining them. So that, that, there was that. Yeah. yeah. So my female yeah. co-defendant, Wild Woman, mm-hmm. she said that some of the female lifers mm-hmm. had consensual sex with the male guards, but then got pregnant. And there was yeah. various outcomes of that because they were so malnourished, a lot of them had miscarriages. But and they just chuck them out in the desert, some, Sometimes, yeah, but sometimes if they uh, were going to give birth, mm-hmm. they're basically... Give the baby to whoever was going to get released, who they were friends with, and say, "Oh wow, take, take her." Did you hear about anything like about pregnancies or pregnancy anything? Pregnancy in a, no, I've heard about wow. inappropriate behaviour so with officers. Women got pregnant by and they got God. shipped out because of yeah, it. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So I heard about them getting shipped out because of it, and then the officer gets sacked. So because oh, they wo- they literally won't keep that secret. People are so bored; they're mm-hmm. looking for any information to just go put it on blast. So it could be a best friend that snitched on another best friend. I d- there was one thing that really like people wanted to speak up about things like on each other. You know what I mean? There was a lot of that, like mm-hmm. buttering up the officers and trying to feel. That's when I started to understand how people like were had needs when they were younger, mm-hmm. and they took it out on the officers. Like you know, if they were not neglected, but always trying to prove a point to their parent. You always see them doing that to the officers. So it was really interesting to watch. Were there certain officers you were wary of? What, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was this particular one. I remember I found the complaint that I wrote the other day to the governor. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, because I'd write on events because she would always be the one to punish me for wearing sliders. Because on the landing, you're not allowed sliders for health and safety. Really? Yeah. No, no, these are like... um, Sliders in the, in the in the sports shop that you get sent in. Yeah, oh, so they really? have some shower shoes. Oh, do you? Shower sandals in the in the. Because you know you got the shower ones that flip flops, but then yeah. you got these mm. ones. They're a bit more. Oh, they're sliders, oh. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, the deck shoes, the, the blue ones. Because people wear them on the road with socks. Yeah, so that's yeah, why yeah, I didn't yeah. think these Crocs you yeah. got with oh, that yeah. one band. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I understand why. I actually understand why you call them shower shoes, though. 
Because yeah. they no, but that's what we're meant to use them for in there. They're yeah. shower shoes because when you're on your prop card, yeah. you're only allowed um, a shower slippers or something, and that's what people normally get in right. there. But you're not allowed to wear on the landing. I always get caught mm. by the same officer. Same officer. Yeah, and she right. walked past, and I was in there with a girl, and then she said, "Well, Miss Beck, because she gave me one a punishment, I think." She saw that opportunity to give me another one because to get kicked off the enhancement wing, you have to have three mm. negatives. And I think she really wanted to give me the three negatives because she was upset that I was on that wing. Okay. Because so there were officers that would really be like, why are you here? They don't think I deserve to be on the enhancement wing. Oh, bad because man. in her eyes, I'm this person that refuses to stop wearing sliders on the landing. Mm. And that was my only little thing that you feel comfortable. You forget, you just go fill your water bottle and you go Come back on, in. Man. So, she, she, so, so in, to me, I'm thinking, world. why are you being... Yeah, yeah so being I'd so be my little yeah. defence and be like, why are you being so difficult? It's only yeah, sliders. Exactly. But I think because how she felt about me, that's why she made her... Oh, this issue. is it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which of the three prisons did you like the most? Out of all three? <laughs> yeah. Send. Send, yeah. I had more... Went book my nails to get done. You got your nails done in there? Yeah, because there would be people doing the course, the nails and beauty course, and then you have teachers coming in from outside. Send is literally, does that, you've got the gym there, so you can book your gym session. Um, I was a peer supporter, so I could go everywhere. Had Sounds my badge. like a holiday camp. It's not that bad, how they portray it. Because mm. um, survival, it was okay. And I made advisor. it. Yeah, and I made it, you know, the best. And, and the, you know, me thinking positive as well, it would make people come because I'd always, like, want to... I remember writing, expressing myself, writing stuff in my, in my cell, and I remember someone coming in teaching us guitar lessons, and oh. I was excited, and I went to do it, and then I wrote my first song, and I performed it in front of the governor. And oh, those wait. little things were really good, so they were bringing workshops, and I think that helps, and that's how I know it's important for those things in other settings. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Workshops really... That's how they brought me in was the workshops, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Remember all the women lined up to get a book at the end of it as well? I was talking <laughs> to them all individually and it was like, you could see how like they just loved getting out and doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something because your brain is like there. So anything it gets, you just, you know, it's, it's glad to get it so you can use it. So you can test your creativity and of test course. things and you ain't got nothing to lose so you just want to try it anyway. Really if you was outside, you'd probably give excuses. Oh, yeah. I've got to go there. Yeah. Go there. Exactly. It opens your mind to things as well, yeah. doesn't it? Like you said, if you was outside, you wouldn't even do it. And I then, you, it's, you know, it's, it's a good point now. Yeah. It's true. How long did it take for you to get sentenced then and when did you figure out like what you're actually going to get? Um, I think when I went in in January and I got sent to Bronzefield in... Oh, hold on. Yeah, I got, I went to Bronzefield in February and then I never got sentenced until December. I don't know why I'm acting like I forgot because there was a specific number. Everything was just falling on the 22nd. So I'd get arrested on the 22nd of January. <laughs> and literally it, the trial was booked for, for August, in eight, August 8th. But then for some reason it was on hold because, like I said, there was a bigger operation Trident was doing. So I kind of get added to it. So right. it was a conspiracy. Because that it was the whole yeah, so they, operation. So yeah. there's a thing where they can join up your case with other of course. people. So that's what happened. So it never happened in August. It ended up happening in December on the 22nd. Awesome. Very odd that it was the same date. Because what was your sentence? Um, first I got six and a half. And then when I got sentenced and went to send, because I was in Bronzefield, by the way, when I got sentenced, they ship you out to send, which is a resettlement prison where you're mm. going to stay for a while. When I went there, in, you know, arrived there, I was like, okay, I'm ready to serve my six and a half year, which is three. Do half. Some people don't know that. When you get your sentence, you do half inside and then you do the rest. On tag. In the mm. No, not on tag, just in the community, on licence. Tag is when you've committed a crime 
that you get less, that four years or less, you get tag. If you get longer than four years, you don't get tag. Oh, you sweet. get sentenced. Mm. Yeah. So was that a relief then, getting six when you thought you were going to get 12? I thought it was going to get 12. And when I said six well, and a half, he said, do your time, Miss Blake, and go home and look after your kids. That was what he said. That's That's what he said to me. He said, You're doing amazing. The judge judge showed a bit of heart. No, he said, He read what I did because I think from when I went in, a lot of people were like, I had a caseworker and I think she saw something in me. She was always giving me good reports. She's like, You know, you're a good one. You should, you know, and I think she gave me a good report to go court. And I think the judge read it and he said, You're doing really well, Miss Blake, in prison. You know, do your time and go home. They saw it. That's fair. They saw that you got That statement that the judge made. Yeah. It saved me in the end because yeah. Home Office wanted to deport me and then that was an argument for, me, for, for I don't know, my MP said, mm-hmm. well, the judge didn't intend for her to get deported because look at what he said. He said she should do her time and go home to her children. That was so never th- on the card. So that was never on the card because some judge do order deportation, by the way, yes, and yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that line was very significant very for me. Significant. When did they put a deportation order on you? Or so I got sentenced and I'm chilling, thinking, OK, I'm starting my sentence now, settling, you know, mm. trying to work my way around it. I'm seeing my kids soon. So I'm tidying up my room because every time I'd hear their voice or speak to them, it would give me like a little petrol in the car, you know? Yeah. You get a little energy. So you're thinking those are the only people you let down. So if you hear them smiling and hearing them talking, that's it, you're fixed for the day or the mm. week. So it would be that. And then um, February, which is the month after getting sentenced, QPS, CPS, yeah. they wrote me, they're bringing you back to court because the, the amount that you got was too lenient. The judge was too lenient and we need to bring you back and duly something lenient or something. There was a term. It's too lenient. So they brought me back. I went on video link, never forget, that morning. I was still confused. I'm thinking, what the hell? But in this time, my faith was like halfway there. So I was thinking, God, what were you playing at? Mm. Yeah. You know, I prayed and all these things and it was good. And But then something else came in my mind and said, you know, sometimes you get tested. So I'm like, I'm not going to fold. I remember thinking, I'm not going to fold. And I went along with it, even though people were like, oh, my God, look at that. you got to, like, making it sound worse. You'll find people like that in prison, by the way. You kind of have to just own what you're feeling. Because if, you if you don't own what you're feeling, you end up feeling what that person's feeling. Of because of how much they're pushing it on you. Mm. So I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of them things. So I was stressed. They added two years, by the way, which oh, made shit. it eight. So I already did a year on remand, waiting. Because remember, I got, sent, I got yeah. arrested January. And I got sentenced on December, so mm. I just dusted off a whole year from my sentence. Right, that's a but, year, it's, but they added on a year, so... Mm. They got it back. I was thinking they got it back, so yeah. that's what I was thinking. But then, you know, going from my sentence and then coming up to the end, Home Office wasn't aware of the new sentence. So they wanted to um, detain me when they thought the six and a half years was coming to an end, three right. years. Right. So on my third year, they sent it... Um, detention papers, all these documents coming in a big file, i never forget. And the officers are like, oh, we're confused. Miss Blake, you're not getting released. What are they doing? And I just think, oh, my God, is this what would have happened if I was getting released? Like, they were ready to detain me. And deport you. But you see, the fact that all that was happening, I said, what the hell? I started, I went to the library. Maybe mm. it's the same library that you was. Got all the immigration books, all the cases. You know those cases where people yeah. have won their cases, like unique cases? Mm. I started reading up. I started hearing like little stuff like, you know, the terminology of, um, is it 
context anyway, the circumstances or yes. something, ex- something circumstances where if your child is seven and integrated, so I sort of find every law, everything that would just say, you know, me and my kids can be together. So it would just be that. Of course. And I started getting things from outside. Because you've got children, they can't just... Yeah. yeah, and they were coming on visits, so... And they would yeah, literally yeah. draw me stuff and send me, <laughs> and I would return it, and I would be That's like... I'd, I'd create, like, letterheads and put their names and just do all those stuff, and those yeah. stuff kind of made a fire for me. Mm. And I kept sending it to home office. It's almost like a slap in the face. Like, don't send me this because, you know, this is my kids and I love them. So it would be that because you're not meant to do that. No home office doesn't really make a decision. But mm. me, that was my survival. And I think over time when I kept sending them stuff and they kept refusing, we refused your appeal. And it just got to that point where it was like a lot of people were fighting the deportation. But I was getting, I wrote to my MP and I started getting help from them. And there was a competition that I entered. I wrote a poetry for Black History Month. Oh, nice. And the three judges that judged it, um, I saw their details. One of them was from BBC, Bidisha, oh. Marta. Mm-hmm. She's what like said a, the poem? Um, I can tell you how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> we are not our past. We right. all strive, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And that was it. So it was the just, competition was at the Castle Trust? Yes. I was one of the judges. Were you? Yes. But not that time, though. It was different. No, nothing, different. No, 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 no. Not that. Not that. It was for maybe another prison, maybe or for. I was a, I was a judge for um, the, the short stories. Ah, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you know the crazy thing about it, you guys, you know your details for the judges. It's printed at the end, and yeah. and I never forget the feedback that the woman said. She said, "Really great piece of work." She would have preferred if it was like. Um, p- personal because I wrote a positive thing but it's almost like they, she didn't even know where it came from because she said it was such a good piece but we wanted to know how you got to that mm. so that was the feedback and I appreciated the feedback because I never knew that it would get to I wrote it in 10 minutes mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it was just a thing where I just flipped and then I got that so I, I liked her comment so I contacted her I asked one of the contact people that you know you have people that help you with computers and that like for jobs and yeah. stuff like that so I asked them to Google her, and that's when I got her details. Mm. And she sent me a whole load of contacts, solicitors. I mean, you know, George Clooney and Amal Clooney, their firm. I got details, and the woman, and oh, you wow. know, the lady just said, just mention my name, tell them I sent you. And it would be that, and that's when it started. Everything was just like happening to help me yeah. because I was focused on all these things to fight my case. You're and, focus yeah, and people support the Curse of Trust. They put me on their mental scheme. It was part of my yeah. journey as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Really Curse of Trust helped prisoners rehabilitate through art and there's so much wasted talent in prison yeah. and they channel that energy into art. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. No, it's like good that, because yeah. I probably wouldn't have written a poem if there wasn't a competition going. Wow. Because, so, yeah, I didn't know I could write anything. Mm. I didn't think I would piece nothing together. Oh, so when they said, oh, write something, I'd be like, oh, get a little activity to it's do. It's so necessary for them things as yeah. well, for mentally and every reason, when you're yeah. in them situations. It, sometimes I read it, and I don't even believe that I've written it, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's two pages, and even, I think, the drug and alcohol team in there, I think they took, I think they used it, they wanted to use it for one of the, yeah, they wow. took an interest in me, the manager, for Forward Trust, she, you so, know, kept, coming to send and I was a peer supporter and I don't know she saw something in me she just always would come and get me and I'd give her little ideas about like induction for when people come in I'd just get into like work mode and you know helping and just doing doing stuff nice how did you feel as you're getting closer to the gate how did I feel excited but unsure of, mm. of what's going to happen I, I remember saying something to myself I was getting released in April I'm thinking I wonder where I'm going to be in yeah. August 
Hmm? Did you have a plan? Do you know the plans I had? was all my business plans under my bed, all my poetry, <laughs> all my, my, my workshops that I'm currently writing now for my business. Brilliant. I was writing them on, in my room. I was thinking, hmm, it would just be that. <coughs> and then it would be... Um, <clears throat> I was literally planning my future. I'm like, I've let them down and there's no way I'm going to let it happen yeah, again. Gonna again. I'm going to turn their life around and I'm going right. to create legacies for the people that I let down. And that's how I was thinking. I wanted to just like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I love my kids to bits, you know, and people will look at it and think, you did all that. No, how can you love you're them? You're an inspiration. You're but, an inspiration. You know, yeah. yeah. What was your release day like? <laughs> my guitar. Felt like a little rock star coming out. Because <laughs> they're coming out with a bit of confidence. Thinking, yeah, I've written a song, I've Doing written a poem. Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to see my kids. I told them that mummy's coming and they just can't Back wait. College. Yeah. And no. no, by then, I've told them. Oh, right. there. <laughs> so they know. And oh, they're just like, mummy, we can't wait. And it would just be that, you know. And yeah, it, it, give, it filled me up with everything. Because they are my everything. Of so course. nothing else mattered apart from getting released and I'm going to see them. Back to your family. Yeah. And, uh, you know. What and was the procedure? what getting released okay I remember the morning I woke up and you're like you're saying bye to everyone everyone's just like oh my god because I have a book that everyone signed so someone was passing it around to people to write you know what people were saying you know you're going home go mm. take care of your kids all these kind of things Think, people that I've spoken to as well they've actually written stuff in there thank you for that and that and that and then my, my confidence was getting a bit better I'm thinking right she really appreciated that I just thought it was normal conversations mm. but those conversations weigh a lot to people of course especially when you're like listen I just like listen I'm coming from nothing do you know listen my family hates me mm. you've got a mum and dad That's like right. I was literally that person I would encourage people to build relationships with their mum I don't yeah. even have a relationship with my mum yeah. I got in contact and I realised that she's more into herself let people know what they've got yeah so it's almost like okay I've had two mother figures and I've failed with that you might as well go and love your mum so it would be that of for course. me and it would be like yeah girl you should be lucky you got that mum oh I you know it would be that so it's almost like I'm healing yeah. and dealing with all my losses and That's my pain and, and yeah. owning that, yeah, I don't have any of it, but I've got my kids and I've got this. So it would be hope again. No, and I stuff. respect that. That's but amazing. I was ready for release. When people were saying anxieties and I was thinking, I was just thinking, I was just thinking excitement. It's nice, it's nice even if I was adding anxieties, I wouldn't even know because mm. I'm so excited. Your state of mind was really good, the state of mind you come out in. Yeah. And- yeah. I really respect that. Really Thank nice. you. Yeah. Did you stay in touch with any of the people you were inside with? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I, I was in contact with somebody that got released as well, and I helped her with her deportation. She oh. gave me a news the other day that she won her case. Oh, brilliant! And I was so happy for her, and I was supporting her from I was in there. Nice. So I said, I told her to give me a review <laughs> for my company, and then she said she will, you know. And it's just that I just want to help people in there because I know how you're made to feel sometimes. Yeah, Officers look down on you, no matter where you come from. You could be a lawyer, mm. a judge, or the most important musician in the whole world. Mm-hmm. When you go in there, people are going to remind you, you that. that you're in here. Yeah, that's right. Don't talk to me a certain way, right. and I'll make you feel like shit. So the refusal to feel like shit made officers didn't like me. Mm. You know, even mm. some people, like, I remember some, a few girls would, like, you know when they'd have parties and I would go, and I would go to the like, parties and enjoy myself? I'd, 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 ha- I'd see little people, like, acting like, throwing words, like, oh, yeah, people in here, they just want to cover their emotions and pretend, <laughs> pretend that nothing's going... And they don't get it. I'm no, not pretending. No, no, no. It's me. 
But that's but they you, that's them. Yeah, but they this gotta is, do them. No, but you see when people are in their pain, they want you to join them. This, I know. Mm. You I know, know what I mean? They want you to come and... and this is but it. I couldn't because I was hurting inside, but I wasn't hurting inside to give up. <laughs> I didn't want to give up. And I feel like if I do that, that would be me giving up. Yeah. I just want to cry when yeah, I want to cry. That, what, what, I that was laugh. good for the goose. It's not yeah. necessarily good for the gander, is it? Yeah, Everyone no. has to deal with their thing differently. Like what you said, people do like to drag you. They, they don't feel like they can come yeah. out of it. Let me bring mm. this person yeah. down. And they me. don't do it purposely. No, they don't. They yeah. don't. They yeah. don't. They don't. It, it would be a thing where it's they do it because um, they always say misery loves company. Yeah, misery but everyone's yeah, seeking definitely. for something, aren't they? Yes, everyone's yeah. seeking for something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It could be approval. It could be en- yeah. It could mm. be acknowledgement. Yeah. It could be something that stems from their childhood yeah. that yeah. weren't filled. And they're looking for that in prison. Yeah. I literally see people that come in for like trafficking. And they would say, oh, I'm <coughs> innocent. I'm so innocent. Like, I don't know why they're putting this on me. But then you're, 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 you're recruiting the young people downstairs. Mm. So I would look at them thinking, so it would be things like that, you know? And it, it, it really showed me a lot of things about people. I learned mm. a lot about people. I learned they could be good people. You could be broke as hell mm. and you give me sugar. And I'm thinking, thank mm. you. And I appreciate mm. it because you gave me sugar and I needed sugar at the time. Mm. So I didn't look at anything. So I appreciated people on a different level because I think I, I was born to love people, I think. But then I had a rough start that kind of not made me love people. So I think that, yeah, came so alive in there. you found your way and yeah. you found yeah. your real, you, that inner you. And yeah, and so I can't feel what people would want me to feel, which is to feel bad about going into prison. Mm. I feel bad about had to leave my kids for such a long time and being away for them to not have a mum mm. but I tell you that the four years they haven't had me they got the rest of me now and so much better version of you yeah yeah that's it the better look version of me because yeah. I never knew look I needed the therapy you. look at the version <laughs> yeah. of you they got that yeah it's I love me now and, and I think that's all they needed was yeah. and the world for mummy get, the to love her because like I think you're going to inspire a lot of people yeah. Yeah. Someone said that to me. Twilight, it's, it's been like an amazing <laughs> journey that you've took us on this story arc, your redemption, helping people, yeah. the family ties, the kids, you know, <laughs> the emotion. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the viewers now are wondering, just just to close this, are wondering what is your life like now? Oh, it's amazing. I'm finally the director of my company. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well T Inspire Limited, you know, we want to just inspire people. If you're coming out of prison, there'll be like workshops for you and mentoring packages. And yeah, Amazing. it's just that. But it's, I'm still working out what can I add to it? Because right now I've got like a contract, which I'm happy about, with um, a consultant agency. So basically I can send them clients to get jobs. And That's it would brilliant. benefit my company. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. So right now, it's the only way is up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and working with prisons to kind of bring positivity in there however I can. So we're going to put all your links in the description box below yeah. this video. How do you prefer people to reach out to you and support you and follow you? Um, they can follow my Tea Inspire Limited um, that's my business page because I do lives and I discuss real issues. And I put like, I would do like, say, for instance, you get released. I would do like a session on that, like the things you go through, the things you feel, how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got one coming up where I'm going to talk about like, um, is it ego versus mm. heart? Mm. Which one's speaking? Because mm-hmm. I really believe that if you change your mindset, 
your whole life just changed. You don't really need to pick up things and actually change your life. Well said, I think you think see things differently and everything just falls into place. Thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I haven't put the date on yet, <laughs> but yeah. And there's a link to Jen's clothing company yeah. in the description, but you are, you're also doing clothing, are you? Yes, I'm doing clothing. Um, I'm selling clothing and accessories at the moment, but the end goal for that, I want my own label onto my clothing. So I'm figuring out what products am I going to really, you know? Mm. But for now, it's all about clothing, boutique, fun fashion, street fashion, trendy wear. And that's it, really. And I'm loving it, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. This has been absolutely amazing. You know, we love it when we get to hear the female perspective of incarceration because so many males have been on the channel. And it is predominantly men who go to prison, but under the war on drugs and the gangs and all this stuff, so many women are in prison right now. That's why it was great when, you know, Orange is the New Black, when she first got a book out and the series came out and people started to see what goes on in women's prisons. Mm. Mm. And speaking in them myself as well, seeing what goes on, it's so different from the men's. Yeah, it is. So it's good to get the, the female perspective um, and be so inspired and just to come away from mm-hmm. this inspired yeah. by Tawana's journey. So please support what she's doing. The links are down there in the description yeah. box below the video. And, um, you know, like we said at the very beginning, she went on Delinquent Nation People reached out to her and let her know how they felt watching her journey and how it affected them and improved their lives. So if something's on your mind, if you've sat here for two um, plus hours watching this and you want to let Tawana know how it's made you feel, please reach out. Also, please put it in the comments. Then you've got Jen's links down there. If you want some organic cotton clothing, Get check out Tugger's Music. <laughs> that one, put, put Tugger Watt in um, YouTube and then click on most watched video. And also, that, that, check I out Man Christmas. I can't, say the tit- I can't say the title of it because it's a violation. <laughs> Some of these musicians get away with these things on music channels that we can't get away with. Yeah. But yeah, it's mental. The, the video is mental. Yang! 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 You did it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Thank yes, you so yes. much. Thank you. Oh, Thank you so much. Fantastic, Tawana. Thank you, Tawana. Thank, Thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's all right. Thank you. I think my, my butt cheeks are yeah. numb as well. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, so lovely. Oh, you're lovely. It was such a pleasure. So, get this. this podcast is sponsored by Gadfly Press. We are proud to announce the publication of The Girl Gambler, a young woman's story of her escape from gambling addiction. The story of a young girl's entrapment in gambling addiction, the true advert for problem gambling and how it controlled her every movement, every thought, and almost took her life. How the guilt and shame that go hand in hand with addiction stopped her from reaching out for help for eight years as she didn't feel it was okay for a young female to be a problem gambler. How she believed it was a male-dominated problem, and how eventually she did find the tools that enabled her to become free of her addiction. Available worldwide on Amazon. Link in the description box below this video. Thank you for supporting our sponsor. Here at Boomer and Jen, we offer a wide range of organic or recycled clothing. We all know our planet is important. We only have this one. So it's vital that we all work together to slow down and reverse the changes to the environment. Whilst we all know that big industry are having a significant effect on pollution, here at Boomer and Jen, we believe that if we all make small changes, we can do our part. Fast fashion causes detrimental effects to the planet. Not only is nearly 20% of global wastewater produced by the fast fashion industry, 
but there is a considerable amount of fast fashion ending up in landfill. So let's move away from fast fashion items that are only worn once or twice and start wearing extremely comfortable, durable and environmentally friendly clothing and ethical jewellery. Boomer and Jen was founded in a quiet town in Devon in 2018. It has now gone from strength to strength as the world is becoming more aware of the current climate situation, helping our customers to buy sustainable, quality clothing. All of our products are fair trade and registered with the Global Organic Textiles Standard Association. Check us out on organiccottonclothing.co.uk.